but uh, most of all, welcome back to to Aaron. He was at the, he was missing from the last podcast. He was in uh, you're in Anchorage, and then you're in uh, Idaho, then you're in Montana. So he was coaching a wrestling camp in Anchorage, then coaching some more wrestling in Idaho. Team Alaska, their shirts got botched, so they turned into <laughs> Team. Uh, Alaska. Team Alaska. Alaska. Yeah. Team Alaska. Yeah. Someone forgot taught... to put an A in on the order. Yeah, so he coached yeah. Team Alaska down in Idaho, did pretty good there, and then uh, he went over to Montana for a, for a wedding, so he missed the last podcast, uh, first one he'd ever missed, so now he's back, and he's here to do his famous intro. If you guys have listened before, you've heard the, hello and welcome back to another episode of you blah 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 blah. I'm here alongside, as always... Coburn, and so, yep, yeah, we're here for another recovery podcast, and Aaron's here to do his intro. So why don't you just do that intro for us, Aaron? He's this not going to do worst. it, so I'll do it. I'll do it in, in Aaron's yeah. Aaron's normal thing. Anyway, yeah, so maybe we'll switch it up, but uh, welcome back to you and I for the Kenai. I'm here with uh, Coburn, and Pierre is here. Pierre, why don't you say hi? Hello again. <laughs> Pierre, is, uh, she doesn't normally talk at a lot of the podcasts, so sometimes it's fun to put her on the spot, and... At least have her say hello. So, Coburn's here. He's uh, he's always been here. Frankly, nobody else knows how to run the sound equipment. So, uh, Coburn, Pierre, and then we're here with uh, Aaron's back, as I said. He's back. He was gone, but now he's back. Uh, prodigal son. So, uh, we're here with Jacqueline. And she's going she's gonna to tell us her, uh, her recovery story. So, this is, uh, as you guys know... Uh, well, maybe you don't, but we, we actually really do love these recovery stories. Aaron and I were just talking about it earlier, and Coburn and I and Aaron and all of us have talked about it in the past. They're, they're actually really enjoyable for us, and I find myself listening to a lot of the old ones that we've recorded before, and just uh, especially the one that I wasn't, wasn't around for with, uh, with Dave. That was a really good one. Uh, talking about medical assisted treatment so that was a great podcast as well so we're doing a recovery story with Jacqueline so Jacqueline why don't you uh thank you first of all thanks for being here it's awesome thank you for having me yeah uh so why don't you start it off uh just tell us a little bit about yourself well uh my name is Jacqueline um I was born in Kodiak Alaska um I've never been to Kodiak it's I want to go super beautiful but it's rowdy yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we, uh, we did a podcast. Was he was that guy that we did the podcast with? Was he from Kodiak or did he just fish there a lot? Oh, Lloyd. Yeah. I don't think he was from Kodiak. I think he was from Kenai. I think so too. Okay. Yeah, he just okay. fished there. But he fished a lot yeah. there, and it sounded pretty rowdy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, is it a pretty small town like Saldana? It's an island. Yeah. Right. Right. But like the the city life Cobra, is it kind of like up in Kenai? Yes. Uh, I've been a, I've been around Alaska. Uh, but mostly in Soldana, really. Oh, cool, cool, okay. Yeah, it is a very super small community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not quite like this community. I'd say this community's healthier and a little bit more progressive. Sure. Um, if you can even say that. I don't yeah, know. I was going to say, wow, <laughs> yeah. I know. progressive. Yeah, well, Kodiak makes sure. it look progressive. Right. Um, it's, it's got its good qualities, um, sure. for sure. Um, and I want to know what I want to do in Kodiak. Kill a deer. Yeah. Or a big bear. I heard people do that in Kodiak. We have huge bears. They're huge really bears. Oh, if you, if you saw one, you wouldn't want to shoot it. 
It's like yeah. it's so cute. Yeah, I'm like Sorry, Jacqueline Pierre. On this one. Sorry, Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe cuddle it. Pierre is a fish only fish eating only vegetarian. Oh, an Alaskan yep. vegetarian. Yeah, she's I an Alaskan vegetarian. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um I'm uh, 28. I'm going to school right now. And um, and I know, I already know this, but for the yeah. listeners, you go to you're going to KPC. I am going to KPC. Which KPC slash like UAA because UAA is like it's like a UAA campus in yeah. most respects. So yeah. Anyway, that's cool. That's uh, uh, a lot of talk right now in like the the political situation that we're in. Is for any of you listeners that may not be aware, there's. Some pretty big uh, governmental things happening, especially fiscally fiscally related. And part of that is, I think, a 41% budget reduction with respect to the state's funding for the University of Alaska system. It's bringing up like a lot of a lot of fear and a lot of panic for a lot of uh, UA UA people. So, anyway, um, yeah, you're still you're still scary. there. That's good. I still have another year in that as well. So yeah, yeah. I I feel like I need to hurry up and declare my major so sure. I can finish school there because I don't want to live in Anchorage and go to school. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I just don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. For a lot of reasons. Um, so I'm I'm grateful this campus is here and open. And as for the budget cuts, yeah, that's scary. And then there's budget cuts with uh, mental health with mm. the like uh, institutions. Um, so I'm kind of on both sides of it, you know. Like uh, I'm I'm worried about the school, and then I'm worried about the budget cuts with the recovery community mm-hmm. and um, with uh, with mental health, mm-hmm. um, yeah. especially. Um, you know, so I, I see it all over. Yeah. And uh, I, I see a lot of people being like, well, it's okay if we, like, cut funding to, um, like, the jails and stuff. But, I mean, if we're not taking care of those things, those problems are going to progress and get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the mental health community... Um, ends up in the jail and stuff like yeah. that. So oh, yeah. if they don't have a good support system within yeah. there. Then they're so. going to end up being criminalized for something they may not be able to help. Yeah. I mean, not all of them, but, you know, there's they are out there. There's a portion of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I see it, and uh, it's just all really sad. It yeah. makes me pretty sad. Yeah. Um, for sure, because I, I don't really know what I can do about it personally, right. you know, um, but I don't know. Here's hoping for, I don't know what, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. for something, not right. this, you know, yeah. um, yeah, it's scary. And when people are, are in fear, I feel like they can't think rationally and, and it doesn't like lead to change or progress, you know, mm-hmm. um, for sure. Like, when, when you're in a fearful state of mind, your mind's not going to be working right. Right. So, like, there's a lot of different people that are in that state right now. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you relate to that personally throughout your life? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there are a lot of times where, you know, um, my flight or fight response would come into play, and you just you just can't think 
in that state of mind. You just, you, you want to run or you want to fight or, or you freeze. Um, Mm -hmm. and none of those solve anything, you know, unless you're getting chased by a bear. Um, (laughs) like that's not the answer to anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it definitely, it definitely made things harder for sure. Mm -hmm. So how was, uh, how was growing up? What was that like for you? Um, like I said, I was born in Kodiak. Um, my, uh, my parents, my dad was a, a crab Commercial fish- fisherman. Crab fisherman, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, didn't, she didn't tell me that beforehand, just so you guys know. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was stereotyping. Yeah. Kodiak <laughs> fisherman. You're not wrong. Not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, my mom was, uh single parent before that she had two kids before that my uh brother and sister um so we have older than you yeah they're much they're a lot older than me when i was born Mm -hmm. they were like 13 and 14. um my mom was pretty young when she had me um she's really young when she had them she was like 19. um so i was uh i was born into a kind of dysfunctional family already um, some of my earliest memories were like big parties at our house and, uh, I, my parents partied, my brother and sister, they were at that age where they partied. Um, and that's, if it was a big party, there was not like that many people in Kodiak, right? I mean, I don't know how many precisely. I mean, obviously yeah. there's more than 30, so it's not, yeah. Like, I mean, there's, I'm not trying to say that, but like you have a big party. I mean, it's kind yeah. of a, not like a community thing necessarily, but there's, there's a decent amount of people. Yeah. It was like all my brother and sister's friends. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. and I think they were like allowed to hang out there or they wanted to, because a lot of my, my parents weren't there most of the time, you know, um, mm-hmm. like my, my dad would be out fishing or out partying himself. And, uh, my mom kind of did the same thing. Sure. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of my earliest memories. Yeah. Um, and was it basically that your your dad continued to fish often? Mm-hmm. Like he was he gone. Wouldn't, like, he wouldn't skip fishing to party. He no, would, he would no, fish he just when he was party. in town. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he see, would, we're seeing that same thing. Like, and it's but it's uh-huh. not like Kodiak specific. It's just yeah. Like, we see it in other in, in other areas as well, but it's just it's very much and if mm-hmm. like for any listeners that have really like listened to a lot of these, you'll be like, gosh, stop talking about this. But it's just <laughs> such like we see a really a work and hard kind of thing mm-hmm. and then a playing hard kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just expected. It's not like mm-hmm. a man, he's partying a lot. It's like we party a lot. It's a yeah. community it's, thing. It it's is a, a community thing. thing. Yeah, it was. Like that was just what you you did right. there, you right. know? And mm-hmm. if you didn't it was weird. Yeah. And I know. think we'll, 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 we'll get to your, uh, hear your story more to see if this mm-hmm. uh, kind of aligns with this. But it's like what we've heard other people in these situations is that the we played hard kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It, it was just the normal thing. So it didn't like, you know, if somebody parties a ton, you know, they're drinking all day, every day in somewhere where there's just no drinking ever, you might be like, man, that guy might have a little bit of an issue. Mm -hmm. But in somewhere where it does not contrast as much, it just blends right in, you know? And it can mask or, like, leave some, like, maybe some real individual type of, like, problems, so to Mm -hmm. speak, covered up for a long time. Yeah. It reminds me of, like, 
I think it was on like House where they uh, they try to do some kind of the, the doctor show. This guy I was telling this guy about House the other day, and he thought House was a house. House is a person. <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway, they do some kind of imaging, and they can't find what's wrong because it was like a piece of wood that was in the guy's bone, but mm-hmm. the wood was like the same density as the bone. So even though it's not bone, it doesn't show up because it just doesn't contrast. It blends right in. Mm-hmm. And that's what this kind of reminds me of is when when a type of behavior is not contrasting with another behavior, it can just blend right in and still be, even if it is, a problematic thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's not a problem. I mean, you can work hard and you can play hard, and that may inv- uh, involve some partying and just be no big deal. Yeah. But in some situations, it can be that that wood and the bone kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So. And it is really hard to tell there because everybody does play hard and um and they work hard and i do i see that a lot with like construction Mm -hmm. and fishing and slope workers Mm -hmm. um so i think that's why maybe like substance abuse is such a like huge thing in alaska it is anywhere but um like here it's more condensed almost it's more common um and being on an island it's uh you're very isolated yeah yeah and that's just what everybody's it seemed like anybody i was around that's what their parents did um and maybe that's because uh i tended to gravitate towards those kind of people um to feel a sense of belonging you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's just that's just what you did and some people could handle it and some people couldn't and because they're all partying together it's really hard to differentiate who's getting too messed up Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um who's uh taking it too far Mm -hmm. you know um but either way it's it's just (laughs) kind of an unhealthy way to live um but you don't realize that at the time you just don't you you don't think of it like that you mentioned uh, some of your earliest memories were the the parties. We, did you kind of get comfortable in the chaos, or was it just kind of that was life and and it was terrifying? Like, how did you feel about it? Do you know? Um, I'm trying to think. So there were some situations where I was comfortable with it. Um, if it was my parents, I was not because they were. They were another level, <laughs> and, uh, you know, they would fight and stuff, and uh, that was scary to see the, the people that are supposed to be taking care of me like that. Um, but when it was, like, my brother and sister and their friends, um, it seemed, like, fun almost yeah. to me, yeah. you know? Definitely. Yeah. Um, like, they were, I was hanging out with them, uh, <laughs> kind of, you know, someone was always, like, paying attention to me or taking care of me, um, you know, I thought it was funny or whatever, um, so with them, there was, um, there was not as much fear involved, mm-hmm. um, I think it's interesting yeah. about what you said, uh, about your parents being the ones that were supposed to take care of you, and mm-hmm. you being a little bit fearful because of that role, you mm-hmm. know, like, with your brothers and sisters, it's, you don't really expect them at the end of the day to provide for all of your most essential needs. Mm-hmm. But when you see your parents and they're supposed to be like your ultimate safety net mm-hmm. and you see them perhaps in living in ways that may threaten that, that mm-hmm. does, you know, would cause some fear. Um, yeah. It's interesting that you say that. 
And for the first like year or two of my life, they were there, right, and right. they and they were taking all right care, like pretty good care of me. Obviously, I don't really remember, but um, that's what I was told. And I feel like that's what made it almost scarier because they were there, and that's what I was expecting at first. And then it just kind of went downhill, and I was like, "What's going on?" Um, you know, because that wasn't normal. So that made it even scarier. Um, so my, my brother and my sister, because they were like 13, four, like 12, 13, when um, my mom had me, um, they were expected to step up and help um, a lot, a lot more than they were uh, supposed to, you know. Um, I, like my, my sister always says, like, you were, you were my first baby because she was there and she did a lot for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your sister has more children. I mean, your sister has children today. Yeah, she has two kids. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My my nieces, they're awesome. Yeah. My 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 sister's such a great mom. Yeah. yeah. So it makes sense. <laughs> you, do you you feel bad for your, that your sister had to carry that burden or something? Yeah. Like I, it wasn't fair. Sure. You know, um, it's like, it's like because of the dysfunction, their childhoods got messed up because of the situation. Mm -hmm. um, and they were fo forced to like grow up and take responsibility for things that aren't a child's responsibility. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that like they didn't resent me for it, right. you mm -hmm. know? Um, cause they could have, um, but I think we all just kind of realized we were doing the best with what we had at the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm sure it's hard on her though. Right. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure there's like a lot of guilt there and stuff. And you, have you at times kind of blamed yourself in some ways, like without, maybe without even really noting, knowing it too well? Or? Probably unconsciously. Sure. Sure. Mm -hmm. Probably unconsciously, you know. I, I think there's a lot of, like, unprocessed, unconscious, like, beliefs there that right. I'm still trying to, like, uncover that yeah. still, like, affect me today. And right. I just, you know, um, I just, like, don't know it. Because I, I know, like, I have a really hard time depending on anyone. Mm -hmm. Um because I just don't want to burden anyone, you know? Um, and uh, it makes me uncomfortable to, like, have to ask anybody for anything or to <sighs> let anybody try to take care of me for anything um, in any way, really. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I'm fiercely independent, I suppose, now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which isn't a bad thing, but yeah. it comes from a... Just like a like a defect, sure. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you, you so you're uh, you're growing up. Mm -hmm. You're uh, going to school in Kodiak, right? Um. So when I was about three or four, um, we moved to Washington. Okay. Um. Me and my brother and my sister and my mom. Um, my mom ended no up, no, she, I think she left him for okay. a little while because, um, things got so bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she was, she, she was, um, drinking and, and doing drugs and so was he. And she thought if we moved, 
Um, she had some family in uh, Washington that things would be better. Um, and uh, they weren't, you know, she was a single parent and uh, we were there for quite a few years. I think my brother and my sister ended up uh, dropping out of school. My sister went to Job Corps and my brother moved somewhere else. Um, and uh, we... Because at this point they're pretty well adults. They're like 16, 17. Pretty much, yeah, right, and they're right. like, they, my, my sister told me I had to, I they're had to leave. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I had to leave and go start my own life. Sure. Um, so that's what they did. And um, so it was just me and my mom, and uh, she was, uh, she was a drug addict, and um, we, uh, we lived in hotels for a while. Um, I, we... We lived in um, community living places. Um, we lived in a homeless shelter. I remember a couple homeless shelters. I, I learned how to ride my bike in front of a homeless shelter. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, we were there for a couple years. I was, I tried to go to school there. We moved a lot. Um, I we moved schools a lot um one of my first school memories was like we were in this really ghetto part of Washington and I think I was in like kindergarten and I had to go through a metal detector to get into the school mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. to make sure we didn't have any weapons on us um <laughs> yeah so um she, my mom tried her best um but she she had a major addiction and some mental afflictions. Sure. Um, and she struggled to um, to take care of me because she, she could barely take care of herself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I I was not in school a whole lot um, for a long time, um, and uh, eventually. Um, think we were living in the homeless shelter at the time and um my I think my brother came back for a little bit and we moved into this low-income apartment and um my sister came to live with us and um that was good for a little bit um my uncle was living there and stuff so I wasn't so alone with her um but I was about five or six, and my mom um, ended up overdosing. Yeah, and um, I found her, and uh, yeah, yeah, and um, she ended up living though. Um, I went to the neighbors, and uh, they were able to. They didn't speak any English, but they were able to figure out that I was freaking out, um, and, they, yeah. and they called nine one one. So. They were able to uh, save her, and I'm not sure if it was because of that, but I right after my dad ended up um, moving there. To Washington. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh-huh, and we got a, a house. Um, and uh, I didn't really remember him because um, I was so young when we moved. I, I barely remembered him, and honestly, I was really uncomfortable <laughs> around mm -hmm. him mm -hmm. um because I was almost like I remember just being like who's this guy you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what I mean like yeah. like real like who's this guy and my dad he's like six foot four so he's this big dude you know um 
So it was like he's kind of he's kind of scared me at first. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he um, he got a job there, and we had a like stable house for a little bit. And I finally started going to school. I think I was in second grade by then. Um, I started going to school kind of regularly, and um, uh, yeah. So that was um, that was good for a little bit, and uh, then we moved back to Kodiak. Um, your whole family, pretty much, mm-hmm. except for maybe your brother and sister. But yeah, my my sister um, ended up moving to Portland, and she had a she had a kid right after that. Um, and my brother um, lived in Bellingham, and he's still there mm-hmm. actually. But, uh, yeah, so the, the three of us moved to Kodiak. Um, and Probably good to be home for a little at first. Um, yeah. Like, I had vague memories of Kodiak, yeah. um, for sure. And it was, um, it was good because we, like, moved into an apartment, and it was semi-stable yeah stable mm-hmm. environments um a little bit familiar yeah same ways. i think Familiar's i was like family. yeah i think i was about eight or nine by then um so like i was pretty much through my like developmental stages yeah. and uh <laughs> so unfortunately it's pretty unstable during that um but yeah i started going to school regularly um i got put in catholic school and uh yeah, um, I I think I was in like third grade when I got put in Catholic school, and uh, they were so much further ahead of me. I remember yeah. they were doing like mm-hmm. multiplication and stuff, and learning how to write cursive, and I barely know how to spell, and I didn't even, I barely knew anything like how to add or subtract or anything. Um, in fact, to this day, my freehand is awful. It's atrocious. I, I have to write in cursive because you can't read, like, if I don't. You can barely yeah. read it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So we moved back there around eight or nine years old. And so did you stay there the rest, like, graduate from Kodiak? Or? Um, so I, um, I went to high school there. Mm-hmm. And um, I was a sophomore in high school when I got kicked out. Um, okay. Yeah. What'd you do? <laughs> um, well, I was, I was, uh, <laughs> there was a dark room there and, um, I would smoke weed in it sometimes. And, uh, on the last day of school, I was just like in there for like two hours smoking weed and, uh, they had to evacuate like the art room and like that part of the school. <laughs> oh yeah. That's what they, they made everybody leave that like, so they wouldn't get high. And, uh, yeah, they, they've I've heard of, like, hot boxing me. a car, but I've never heard of, like, hot boxing <laughs> the, the east wing of the school. Dang. Yeah. So. Out, out, out in a blaze. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. So it was, like, uh, I was, like, So you were, so at that point you were, you, you had started using substances. So when did yeah. you, um, when did you kind of first start using substances? Um. What was that like? So, like I said, one of my first memories was, like, drinking a beer um, and thinking it was apple juice and it wasn't, like, spitting it out. I was probably, like, two or three when that happened. 
and I I have real like some memories from way back. Um, but I think um, it was either um, I was taking pills from my mom, um, or um, I found my dad's weed and I and I started smoking it. Um, I was probably twelve. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And from that point, were you pretty regularly using? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, as soon as I found that, um, it was. Uh, I think it's because it was. I was at that age where I was like discovering my identity. You know, mm-hmm. um, where like people go through different phases and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just decided that was. I was just gonna be a, like a stoner. Um, yeah, that yeah. was your that was your thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it seemed to fit, um, and the people that uh, like to smoke seemed to be my type of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I was uh, doing that pretty regularly. Um, before that, I was pretty. I, I consider myself a pretty good student. Um, uh, I remember when I started smoking heavily, I was like an advanced lit and. Uh, <laughs> Stuff like that, and right after. Were you um, giggling because that was a pun? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was getting lit instead of being an advanced, advanced lit. lit. Yeah. 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 There was yeah. some advanced lit going uh-huh. on. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just uh, doing it before I went there. Mm-hmm. In advance. Uh-huh. In advance. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, after that, it was just like, uh Do you ever fall into that trap? I feel like a lot of, like, kids that smoke weed in high school fall into. You feel like you're smarter when you smoke. You're going to go get better grades because you, you just feel like you're a little bit smarter, more intelligent. <laughs> I, Asking yourself deeper questions. I used to generally think that. Yeah. No, I know. I get that. I get yeah. that. I get that I'm for sure. <laughs> I thought I was so smart that I could do it. And still be okay. Yeah, not you try know? still get good grades. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I was like, because um, I just, I just thought I was, I, I was so smart that I would be able to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would be able to tolerate the people I had to go to school with too. Um, <laughs> you feel that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, because yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Because yeah, right, right. you know, I was I was a weird kid. You know, right. obviously, I had a lot of dysfunction growing up, and that, uh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. was, I was, um, I was definitely a weirdo. Mm-hmm. Um. But it sounds like you had kind of a friend group that did kind of sort of the same things that you hung out with. Yeah. Well, what happened was um, we ended up moving mm-hmm. into a trailer park. and. Um, so is your dad still fishing at this point, or is this all? No, is that kind of all said and done? He, um, he uh, ended up snapping his Achilles tendon when he was fishing. Oh, yikes. Uh-huh, and he couldn't fish anymore sure. after that. Yeah. So now he's a slope worker. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, same type of, like, hard labor, same type mm-hmm. of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's kind of like a work um, addict. No. Workaholic. Workaholic, yeah. I think that's yeah. a, a TV show, isn't it? 
I think, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, but it that is not funny. about working. <laughs> <laughs> the title is misleading. <laughs> <laughs> not, I think the title is going to be very much ironic. Oh, yeah. I think it was the very first episode where they're like, drug test today, boys. And yeah, the guy turns around like, what drugs episode. do we test it? <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. That's the first pilot episode. And then I think to beat the system, they just pee in all of them. Like, they. Mm-hmm. They keep all the cups open. They just pee in all of them, so they're all dirty. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a scene yeah. in there too Makes that uh, they take a bunch of niacin, like a whole bottle oh, of niacin no. pills. They're She's all red. Burning. <laughs> oh my they're god. They're all red. And they're like, this isn't gonna work. And so they go to an elementary school, bro. And they're trying to buy pee from elementary schools. <laughs> it's so bad. That's bad. Listeners, hilarious. Don't do any of that. Yeah. <laughs> Those yeah. guys Sorry. might need to do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they need to listen to some of these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that kind of stuff makes sense when you're like, when you have an addictive thinking. Right, yeah. It just, yeah. Do- it just makes right. sense. No, it makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like you don't decide. Yeah, I think we had, I forget who it was. Uh, he was trying to beat these drug tests, and it was like, he's like, I would have done anything besides like uh, stop yeah, doing drugs. Yeah. And he had just all these outlandish ideas yeah. that he was going to try to do. He's like right? keeping those capsules in his sock to keep them warm. Like, yeah. Yeah, just all kinds of stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I, I, I um, had a job for five or six years uh, where I would carry fake pee on me every day. Every day? Every day. That's dedication. D- yeah. Well, it was a really yeah, good right. job. And sure, at any sure. time, they could, they could pop, like, pick me up and be like, well, let's go. Fear is yeah. a powerful motivator. Yeah. yeah. In right. fact, they did. So, like, after that, I uh, ended up carrying it on me. Yeah. And um, it was a construction job. And, um, and uh, yeah, that, that was a really common thing with sure. construction, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I remember, like people that were running heavy machinery like showing up still drunk from the night before and stuff yeah, like that yeah. <laughs> you know just not it not being you know we'd just be like oh right. like laugh at it like yeah. laugh it off because it was just normal yeah it was our normal mm-hmm. um and maybe it wasn't maybe that's just all i could see sure mm-hmm. you know yeah um selective like attention right mm-hmm. perhaps yeah um yeah. So did you start that construction job after um, getting kicked out of high school? Um, yeah, when I was 18, um, I got the job. And uh, after I got kicked out of high school, um, I moved out of my parents' house. Um, and I uh, moved in with a bunch of friends, um, my friends that I had growing up. Um, and I started working um, as a barista. And uh, I I was so mad that they kicked me out that um, I was gonna prove I wasn't stupid. And I went over to the college and I got my um, my uh, GED, my good enough diploma. And the uh, GED test actually isn't that easy, I don't think. No. <laughs> yeah, when I was uh-huh. working in the math lab at the college, just like as a, like a math tutor, there mm-hmm. there were kids that were like studying for it, and mm-hmm. I'm just like looking at some of them. I mean. If I like really sat down, went to the chapter, and like really like could could figure it out, but some of that I was just like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. I gotta look it up, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And most of it I didn't have to study for because I was like fresh out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to pass it, and I started taking um, I started taking classes right after that. Um, 
because I felt... So you're still kind of progressing at that point. Yeah. I mean, you had, yeah. like, a pretty significant... Yeah. ...bump in the road. Yeah. But... Like, I was, I was a stoner, but, like, I didn't... Um, I didn't... Uh, I wasn't... You didn't, like, crazier. resign yourself to, like, a basement and a PlayStation 4 and yeah. like, seven, <laughs> seven eighths. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. That didn't come till later. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty high functioning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At that point, I, like, I considered myself pretty high functioning. In fact, like, um, it was like I almost tried to function higher Literally, another pun. Yeah, uh, not as high functioning. I was trying to like go above and beyond um, to like prove I could still be normal or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, but I. Yeah, but I wasn't, you know, I missed high school as soon as I got kicked out, even though I hated it. Right. Um, and uh, I um, just kept on going. Um, that was one thing about me. I never stopped. I was never stagnant. Mm -hmm. um, as soon as I got kicked out, I started going to the college, and I started taking college classes, and I was working, and I, and I felt like I needed to leave my parents' home since I wasn't going to school anymore. Um yeah, I remember when I told my mom, she's like, just quit, you know, because um, she had dropped out of high school. Um, so that was her answer. Um, and I was like, okay. And so I had your brother and your sister too, right? Yeah, they quit too. Um, my sister went to Job Corps and my brother, um, I'm not sure. He just graduated. Um, um, he just graduated with his master's in um, substance abuse, actually. Oh, wow. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Congrats mm -hmm. to him. That's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, and my, my sister's working on her, uh, I think, tribal justice. Um, yeah, she's a social worker now. That's really uh, cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, yeah, I, I was... I was, like, functioning kind of for a little bit, um, and I was only drinking, like, once in a while. Um, I remember the first time I drank, uh, I was, like, 13. I was 14, maybe, um, and we blacked out, um, all of us. Um, and See, and that's an interesting thing because mm -hmm. you said all of us, you know, mm -hmm. and unless all of those people really went on to, like, really develop some serious addictions, mm -hmm. there were just, like... Like, sometimes you hear, like, man, your very first time you're blacking out, your second time you're blacking out. Like, mm -hmm. this is when you probably should have been... I mean, granted, you're only 13, so there's some mm -hmm. things just not going to be that, like... Uh, They're not going to Yeah, it's yeah. not going to really come to mind. But there's some things that, like, these were some red flags here. Yeah. But if, you know, if everybody's blacking out, you're, yeah. this, this just seem to be pretty normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, know? right. Definitely. So uh -huh. that's interesting. So right away, you're yeah. still kind of in this, like... Like, oh, I blacked out. Like, that could be a problem, but, I mean, everybody else around me is as well, you Yeah. Know, so. And I, I remember, like, at high school parties, like, people bragging about, like, oh, I was so drunk last night, I don't remember anything. Right. You know, like, like it was cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was cool to And it really normalized it as well. Yeah. And really, it seems like, definitely not an expert in, like, substance abuse, but it seems like some of those, like frequent blackouts are supposed to be some pretty major red flags, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, as far as... I I don't remember a lot of, like, um, addiction, like, 
them talking about addiction in school. Sure. Um, you know, and granted, I, I missed a lot of school, but, um, like, I totally missed the D.A.R.E. program thing. I don't know. Um, even if I did, I wouldn't think it applied to me, you know. Yeah. Um, when they when they brought, I remember they brought in one lady to talk at the school. It must have been for her, like, because uh, she got in trouble and she, she had to or something. Um, I... I remember she was just so unrelatable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to end up like that. You know, it was literally like the like commercials where mm-hmm. the kids like, I'm not going to end up like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it was just nobody took it seriously. I I especially didn't take it seriously. Um yeah, so I mean, as far as school, I feel like um the school system there kind of failed me a little bit. Um there was, I remember talking to counselors, there was obviously problems at home um, that were overlooked, um, especially there because it's such a close-knit community. Um, and uh, they were just overlooked, you know. They're, kids aren't, like, acting out like that um, for nothing, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but I, I just remember being in trouble a lot. Um, I remember... Um, uh, I remember, like, the the principal, he was the one that kicked me out. I think he ended up getting fired. He was just, like, he was just totally creepy, actually. Um, he was a creeper. And, like, he would single me out. And he would, uh, I would get in trouble for things that other people would not get in trouble for. Um, and there were some teachers that, like, just could not tolerate me. And granted, I was, like... I was a hellion. Like, I remember my math class. To get out of my math class, I decided it would be really funny if I would hit on my math teacher. Um, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> right? And, and the poor guy, you know, he he was probably terrified that he was going to get in trouble. So he'd be like, get out, just get out. And I was yeah, like, yeah. sweet. I'm getting kicked out of class. It's not exactly my fault. Um, you know, so, yeah, well, like, but to my, yeah, I can justify it. And to my parents, they're like, uh, they're going to blame the school and they're going to blame the teacher, not me. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I would get kicked out of class and, but there was all those things I was doing at like 15 and it was just, I would just get in trouble and, um, Yeah. And eventually they kicked me out. Um, the next principal came and she actually was like, I heard about what happened. Do you want to come back to school? Um, but by then I was already, I was done. Um, and I had already gotten my GED and I was like, no way. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was another thing, you know, uh, I had grown up, grown up, um, not the easiest childhood. And then school was, um, not easy either. So I had those two things kind of against me. Um, yeah. It sounds like you were pretty functional. I mean, that you had uh, plans or you had a, some kind of plan for your life or, or mm-hmm. kind of the progression that you wanted. Is there a point where it started to break down because of substance use or it started kind of getting out of control? Or did you notice that? Yeah, Um Kind of. I mean, I I remember uh, I was partying with these people that were older than me, um, and uh, I was drinking. And um, the state troopers came, and I got in. Um, I got in trouble for drinking, 
of course they left me at the party and they didn't really care. Um, so like they gave me an MIP and I had to go to ASAP class, um, the alcohol safety something. I don't, I don't even know what it stands for, but, um, they started drug testing me in that class. And at that time I didn't drink very much, very often, you know, I wasn't a daily drinker or anything. I was just, I would go to parties. Um, and I couldn't smoke weed anymore. So, um, uh, I found out two things. One, um, weed gives me paralyzing social anxiety. Um, and can I guess the other one? Huh? You're going to find some other drug that gets out of your system like three days and then you start doing that. Yeah. They don't, they don't, they're not going to pop me for alcohol. Right. You know? Um, so I would, I would, and I hear, I heard this a lot too. I would go drink right after the class. In fact, the people I was in the class with were like people I knew. Um, I, I heard of people like going to parties afterwards with the people in the class. Um, just finished class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's go drink. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and the guy that was teaching it, like he didn't um, know anything about addiction. He he never drank, never had a problem. He wasn't relatable again, and um, he was preaching a lot. Um, and uh, when you're that young, you're like, you're not, you don't want to hear that. Yeah, you're just like, later nerd. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. pretty yeah. much. So yeah. it made it, it just, yeah. I remember one thing he taught was like, you're not supposed to drink more than a shot in an hour um, because your body can't process the alcohol. Mm-hmm. And sure. I had never, like, that had never occurred to me. And I was just like, how are you supposed to get drunk though? Yeah. No, you know? yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> What's the point of that? Yeah, yeah. like why, why why are you even drinking Sky's then? You know? Because yeah. like I wasn't drinking to drink. I was drinking mm-hmm. to get like out of my mind, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um so that it didn't occur to me that that, that wasn't normal. Mm-hmm. Um and I remember lots of times, like, my friends being like, we don't want to drink with you. Mm. Um, yeah. So, you're, yeah, that's a turning point a little bit. Yeah, uh-huh. It's starting to be like, hey, you're you're different than us like, yeah. when it comes to some of this. And mm-hmm. we party. You know, it's yeah, not like you're not uh-huh. hanging out. Yeah. I mean, you're not partying at the Catholic school, so yeah. to speak. Uh-huh. I mean, you're, you're, you're still... You're with some people who still probably really like, I mean, they like to get drunk, but like, yeah. they don't want to get it like, was like, Jacqueline drunk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was my yeah. best friend that said that. She's like, I don't want to bring you to a party because you get crazy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and I can't remember what I do because mm-hmm. I would black out almost every single time unintentionally. Um, and I, I heard stories about myself and stuff, you know. It got to a point where people would meet me and they go, oh, you're Jacqueline. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, what yeah, yeah. did you hear about me? Yeah. You know? Um, like, no, I'm Jacqueline. Yeah. That's drunk Jacqueline. Yeah. What we do. Yeah, and I totally <laughs> Isn't separated that, you yeah. know? Church, state. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? Um, and it got to a point where I just, like, people would be like, you want to know what you did last night? And I'd be like, nope. no. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of on a serious yeah. note. I mean, mm-hmm. this is yeah. really this is probably the start of, like, some real shame, right? 
Yeah. And this it is was, where like shame starts to yeah. be a thing. It was. Because it, it was sounds like what I've shame. heard so far mm-hmm. is not a whole lot of shame. I mean, maybe some mm-hmm. like resentment, some disappointment, and like yeah. maybe even like truly just getting pissed off at times with yeah. like school and time your home situations and things like yeah. that. Yeah, there's a but lot of now blame. It's kind of like mm-hmm. it's like a me thing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm yeah, probably something a little, wrong I'm a problem me. like. I have a defect or something along those lines. Yeah, and, like, I really just blamed myself, sure. you know, and I thought there was something wrong with me, um, which there was, but I didn't, like, blame the the drinking, you right. know. Right. I just thought I was messed up. Um, and uh, So did you, at this point, I imagine you're like, okay, I got to figure out a way to, like, drink and still have a good time but not be like the person that people don't want to drink with mm-hmm. so, um, do you kind of are you like entering kind of like management mode at this point or what's your what's your thought process going forward at this point at that point like i was working a lot so i thought that i was okay because i would be able to work um or like go to school and still like um go get messed up after mm-hmm. And Which like, is right along those lines, what we were talking, yeah. what we've mm-hmm. talked about before is like, people were pretty much like, "Hey, man, I was fishing for twenty hours straight. Like, you're telling me yeah. you can't go party really hard for a couple of days after that kind of mm-hmm. thing." Yeah. So it's, I mean, very much along those lines. You're like, yeah. You know, I was doing my work. Yeah. Yeah, I was doing everything I was supposed to do in my mind, so um, it was okay. And then I started partying with people that got messed up like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so. It wasn't like I should, I never thought I should change or I should stop drinking. It was, I just need to find people that can, that can handle me, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, that's what I did, you know? Um, So I I started partying with people that um, were a lot older than me. Um, And you're fine, you're probably moving at this point toward people who have some pretty significant problems of their own. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if they're mm-hmm. if they're using to an extent of, like, blackouts all the time, yeah. and they're probably using some a little bit harder drugs, really yeah. people, and not to even, I mean, because this could be a little bit incorrect, but probably people who, if they stayed on that path, are hopefully in recovery today, you know? Yeah. I mean, and if I, that's the road that they were really on. Yeah, and, like, I don't think a lot of them are sure mm-hmm. um i've lost touch with a lot of them I'm, right. i know a lot of them have tried to go to like rehab and stuff okay. yeah so i mean there was some there was some pretty problematic behaviors in the group yeah. at this point yeah okay. yeah exactly there there totally was and um i uh at that point i moved to portland when i was about 19 i went there with a group of friends okay. uh-huh and um uh we were all pretty um, heavily into, uh, we were all alcoholics, basically. Um, and uh, we, I remember going there and we, we would be like drunk before like two o'clock, all of us. And uh, <clears throat> it got to the point where I couldn't drink as much anymore because of all the heavy drinking I had done. Um, and I think my liver just couldn't take it. Um, so it wasn't as fun anymore. It stopped being fun. Um, so uh, my my best friend moved there, and um, 
and uh, I ended up going to see another family member in Washington, and at the time, um, he was heavily, uh, he was a heroin addict, and, uh, and, um, he, he gave me some, and, uh, I remember, like, when I was younger, reading about, like, like, uh, the doors and, like, Nirvana and, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like, they're all addicts, um, and I was, like, fascinated by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought... Oh, that's it, really glorified. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I was, like, this is cool, you know, um, and the family member that gave it to me, I really looked up to, um, and I really wanted their approval, and, mm-hmm. uh, so, um... I, I ended up doing it, and I didn't even really know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you know how old you were? Then? The or first like time 20, yeah. I was, I think the first time I was mistaken. Let me go back. Okay, so I was 19, and um, I was fishing, and this family member knew I was making money, right? So mm-hmm. they're like, hey, send me money, and I'll send you, like, a package of, like, party favors. And, like, at that time, I had done, like, like mushrooms a few times. I was drinking. I smoked weed occasionally still. Um, uh, but nothing too major. You know, that's all still, like, that was, like, a normal thing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um because some people can do that normally. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't one of them, but I thought I was. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... You can do all of those in Colorado legally today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. So right. um, it just, it was it was all right. And um, so I sent him a significant amount of money, and he sent me um, everything, basically. Um, I, I ended up... It was kind of like a Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, where he, mm-hmm. like, has a suitcase. Yeah. Um, and I, I ended up doing, like, in, uh, like, the span of a month, like, I ended up trying acid and ecstasy and um, uh, cocaine and... Well, um, you, were in, you were still in Oregon? Or were you still in, were you in Oregon or were you in Alaska? I was in Alaska. Okay. Yeah, I was mistaken. I hadn't... Um, yeah, gone to Portland. Yeah, I hadn't gone to Portland yet. Um, and that was a big thing, too, um... I, uh, at that time I was, I was fishing and, um, I had just got my passport and I was planning on, um, going to Costa Rica with my two best friends to go to this surf school. It's called School of the World. And, um, I was fishing all summer and I was going to make a bunch of money and go there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then I got this package and, um, ended up, um, being an amateur, um, an amateur um, party favor supplier, basically. Um, and uh, it was really cool to me because people liked me. People wanted to be mm-hmm. around me. Um, I made it more fun. And uh, I didn't have to drink now because, like, drinking hadn't been uh, going too well for me. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was about a month before I was supposed to leave to go to the school of the world, and um, my friend crashed my car um, into uh, a brand new truck, and I was the passenger. I was letting him drive because I had been drinking, um, and I didn't have insurance on my car. Um, 
So about a week later, I get a call from their insurance company going, um, you don't have insurance. You owe, like, I think it was, like, 15 grand for their truck. Um, and I... And I was screwed. I couldn't. I couldn't buy a ticket anywhere. I couldn't leave. Um, I had to stay in town and work and pay that off. Um, so I just. I didn't go. Um, I ended up losing my deposit to the school and stuff. And uh, yeah. So that was really disappointing. Um, so eventually, after staying in town and working, and um, I got my first like taste of hard drugs, um, uh, eventually I moved to Portland, um, when I was, like, 20, so, yeah, I was, like, 1920, um, no, I was 21, okay, let me start over, um, so, by the time I turned 20, I was in Portland, Mm -hmm. Um, I turned 21 in Portland. Mm -hmm. I remember that because I started working as a cocktail waitress as a strip club, um, because there was literally nowhere else to work. Um, I was super uncomfortable with it because, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm I'm not a stripper Mm -hmm. basically. Um, I just didn't have it in me. And I, I remember a guy like tried to shove a dollar bill down my shirt and I threw it back at him and I was like, keep your, I don't need your money, dude. You know, yeah. um, and that's not the environment they wanted, <coughs> I guess. <laughs> they don't want aggressive, yeah. aggressive cocktail waitresses, which I very much was. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, I was living there with friends. We were just partying, and uh, I would go to Washington to meet up with that family member every once in a while to um, to get uh, more heroin because um, I liked it. Um, was it mostly heroin at this point? And that was kind of what you it was, got yeah. in on. That's mm-hmm. what, that's what, what I really, I liked. really liked. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, out of all of them, um, that's the one that... Because at that point you had kind of tasted the, tasted the sample. Yeah. Got a yeah. good sample. Yeah, exactly. And I wasn't... Uh, and it made sense because um, it's a depressant. You know, um, and I think I must have had a lot of anxiety or something, underlying anxiety that wasn't diagnosed um, till later. And uh, so it made sense to me that that made me feel like I could talk to people, like I could um, be social, like like I could be me, um, basically. So... Uh, it, it didn't start out like I wanted to be messed up. I just wanted to feel okay. Um, so um, my um, best friend at the time, she wanted to move back to Kodiak. Um, she had gotten into meth, and uh, I hated that drug. Um, I was like, I thought it was disgusting, and I remembered... Um, my sister even started a program in Kodiak called Don't Meth Up My Life. And I was, like, avidly against it. She had Mike Tyson advertise that. All right. Don't <laughs> 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 up my life. <laughs> I'm going to say it like that anyway. <laughs> um, so, your sis- so your sister just hated it. Yeah. And you hated it, too. Yeah. But you guys yeah. were, I mean, maybe not your sister, but you were still doing heroin. Yeah. 
Like I. You really thought it, and I don't have an opinion one way or the other. Okay. I'm just trying to understand where you were coming from. You you thought it was like significantly worse than heroin. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I wonder if that has a lot to do with the fact that you like. I mean, people like I hear like Kurt Cobain. I don't think like, dang, dude, heroin guy that like, <laughs> oh, like yeah committed suicide, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He shot himself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't hear like man kind of a loser really needed help like yeah i hear like this glorified genius artist mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and that's th- that can be the case but like i don't think heroin did that for him you know i don't think Mm-mm. heroin made him a genius i don't think heroin made him an artist you well, know Mm-mm. and it's kind of along the same lines that you were saying is like you just want to feel like yourself mm-hmm. and Kurt Cobain had severe severe depression sure. and then maybe anxiety alongside of it, so that probably yeah. the yeah. sort of self medicating. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. was he was bipolar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like that tortured yeah. artist. Yep. Like, yeah. It almost makes him glorified in the sense that it's like it's sad that like his life had to end so soon, you know what I mean? Like so people always wonder, like, oh what if, you know, like mm-hmm. a lot of these artists, you know, like even like mm-hmm. Like a lot of musicians, yeah, especially. Hendrix, Jimmy, uh, Jim Morrison, um, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Kurt Cobain. Yeah. Um, There's like that whole Amy, 27 Amy Winehouse, club of people yeah. that like mm-hmm. OD early because it's like that whole like tortured artist thing where like they're so creative, they're so genius, but it comes from a place of like a place that's relatable to a lot of people that isn't as severe because like they feel these things that people feel mm-hmm. and they can put them into words and into like a mm-hmm. rhythm that's relatable, but at the same time like doing that is so difficult you know what I mean like mm-hmm. like living with that and doing that is so difficult and then they end up they almost they do become glorified because it's yeah. like people that like want to be like them misinterpret it does. that but like how I mean? do we so I guess that's a complex question like the tortured artist right or like the you know in uh, a lot of like writers and other mm-hmm. artists as well like have like a higher prevalence of uh, certain types of like mental disorders. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of bipolar with like really good artists, artists. like mm-hmm. and really good writers, especially as well. Mm-hmm. I think like Stephen King and Ernest Hemingway, Hemingway mm-hmm. especially pretty like, some pretty hefty. hardcore like bipolar. And yeah, like, that's mm-hmm. like pretty. Some of that's really well documented. Like like some mental disorders and like genius and creativity as well as like, amounts of madness that mm-hmm. has been used in, in like the literature. And it's just like. How do we accept these things, but how do we not, like, how do we also create, like, a realistic narrative, right? A realistic mm-hmm. idea. Because I will argue, and, and I could be wrong, but I would, I, would, I would investigate this idea that, like, you know, you know, what if Kurt Cobain lived? You know, well, I'll tell you what, I well hope Kurt Cobain stopped doing heroin eventually yeah. to live uh-huh. a fulfilling life. Right. Right. You know, yeah. I hope that Jimi Hendrix, like, lives on, like, stopped doing an amount of drugs to where he could to some extent recover yeah. and live a life that wasn't that didn't absolutely demand that. Like, and how I do think we that's where like the misinterpretation those? comes from. I think it's a misunderstanding that like people they're like, oh they they were a genius because they did drugs. Like these helped them be a genius when right. really it was mm-hmm. it's just simply detrimental. Yeah. And I think that that's the stuff that like catches your eye. Sure. You know what I mean? That people kind of just they get caught up in this facade of like the drugs are why they're creative. You know what I mean? When you talk to people about, like, Bob Marley, the first thing that comes to mind is, like, that he smoked pot all the time. Yeah. That didn't make his voice any better. You know what I mean? That didn't necessarily make him more creative. Like, it's just 
a part of like well for him it was a religious thing but like for a lot of these other artists it's like it's more detrimental than everything anything else like it's the reason they died you know what i mean like yeah. it's just kind of i think it's they it's like, they had a lot of internal conflict that the expression came out in mm-hmm. in you know whatever medium of choice whether it be art writing music but they were definitely had strong emotions that they maybe felt like they couldn't control that they had to get away mm-hmm. from somehow but that was what it was it was an yeah. escape but i mean at some point you might think or maybe they had some understanding that if they stopped feeling that way that their music wouldn't have the same appeal that it did mm-hmm. because they couldn't have that sense of raw emotion yeah. so if you don't solve the problem because it will basically destroy the life that you made mm-hmm. well what better way than to run from it but yeah. then if the the drugs get glorified as basically what's giving them that ability is actually really backwards. That's mm-hmm. what they're using to maintain that kind of lifestyle. But it right. isn't maintainable. Like, yeah. that's the uh-huh. thing is these this that kind of lifestyle will maybe last for a little bit, but it's not sustainable. Yeah. And then once it becomes unsustainable, it becomes deadly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you just, you can't keep running like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of it's, like, the glorification comes from, like, the like how romanticized it is. You right. Know what I yeah. mean? And it's a problem. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's that glamorized. It yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah. It's gla- yeah. like it's like to me it was so glamorous and mm-hmm. cool. Like the old cigarette ads, you know, yeah. where they're like where it's so cool to like to be smoking. You mm-hmm. know, to me it was so like mysterious and cool and like it was Grungy. Yeah, it was grungy mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. badass, and like I wish I had went with the like music part of it, mm-hmm. you know, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, I I went t- towards that um, mm-hmm. for some reason, and like a lot of artists, they that I can tell you now, like they would not have got famous if they were like using a bunch of drugs before that, you know, <laughs> like it's after the they get famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's when their like music stops. And like some mm-hmm. of them, like the, the, uh, singer from sublime, he didn't even get famous until after he died. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, it's that, what does that tell you? Right. You know, like to, yeah. to me, I'm like, Oh, cool. I think yeah. it's you even know? prevalent today. Yeah. yeah. You listen to a, wide variety of uh, popular music and there's a lot of mentioning of basically romanticizing that kind of run and gun life that like oh like you said Eric about the work hard play hard is that's encouraged if you just listen to media is you you you're going after money and you're you're blowing it all on whatever makes you feel good more Mm -hmm. or less and so I think that's kind of a supported narrative of like the ideal lifestyle Mm -hmm. oh yeah I thought it I thought it was uh I thought it was super rad to like be running and gunning, and I thought I was a thug for a long time. Sure. Yeah. Honestly, sure. I did, yeah. oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. And um, I'll, I'll, it was like, you know, there's that music that like, like, talks about all the fun they're having, but they don't talk about the like mm-hmm. what's behind it and mm-hmm. like the lows behind it and the like fear you live in and. Um, and it affects you and like they don't I think it offers an it. amount of like comfort or solace I guess like for people who are let's say they're in a situation where they're using an amount of drugs and alcohol and like face and like blowing off an amount of responsibilities that it, it's, it's actually like rightfully concerning them and then they mm-hmm. find a way to kind of rationalize it and be like oh it's okay like Kurt Cobain did a lot of heroin like mm-hmm. this person did a lot, a lot of heroin Mm-hmm. Like, 
the fact of the matter is that they can find like some comfort in that like they can mm-hmm. rationalize their way to being okay yeah. yeah and the fact of the matter is it's not okay like yeah. that killed kurt like yeah. that killed these people mm-hmm. and these people that were living this type of way like to live a better life needed to get this under control mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. to be frank and maybe yeah. a little bit rude mm-hmm. there's no valid solace for you here like there's no mm-hmm. valid comfort for you yeah. here mm-hmm. like yeah. it's fake you yeah. know but it's 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 rightfully because of where we've placed it in society it's rightfully tantalizing yeah. right i mean it's, it's very much a mirage yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 in like all sense of the word of like being trapped in the desert and seeing seeing the oasis it's not really there you yeah. know what i mean like yeah, yeah. I well i and in this like so the way i see addiction is like people um that there's the like nature versus nurture mm-hmm. where like um you come from a place where uh you're you're not Fixed nurtured and, yeah, yeah when you're mm-hmm. affected some way right and that like for me, I believe it changed my brain development, like it affected my brain development. And um, a lot of these people that um, get addicted are like trying to make their brain like make a certain chemical. Like maybe there's some type of chemical imbalance there, you know, mm-hmm. where like you're just you just aren't OK mm-hmm. um, and you just don't know what to do. And you find this like. Uh, a substance that that gives you a bunch of dopamine and like serotonin and maybe if you're lacking that it could be as simple as that like mm-hmm. um and you're gonna be like oh i found a way to make it sure. you know yeah. and and that makes you feel normal like mm-hmm. for yeah. a little bit yeah. Yeah. um and and i feel like that was definitely a huge thing for me because it just felt like my like I, something clicked inside of me when i first um when i first started uh like using drugs and drinking yeah. um yeah but of course that doesn't last very long mm-hmm. um you come to the end of the mirage and find out you're still in the desert yeah and you've been drinking <laughs> sand thirsty yeah yeah. 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 yeah yeah totally totally and uh you know it's like it's an endless cycle like you 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 start doing this stuff like you start using because you are like not happy with your life or the way things have been to cope with hard times and then you go through more because you were using mm-hmm. and then you have to use more to cope with that and it just keeps getting worse and worse mm-hmm. um and that's pretty much what happened you know like i thought i could i thought i could party because i deserved it because of uh because of my life and the mm-hmm. way it was, you know, um, like granted, my life wasn't that hard growing up, you know, I, it could have been a lot worse. Could have um, been a lot easier though. Yeah, yeah. it could have been a lot easier for sure. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. instead of like using that and like, like going somewhere good with it, I, I went somewhere where I felt entitled to, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. to do whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, get that. Yeah. 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 So what was your kind of turning point? Um, I, um, I was 23 and, um, I realized that, um, I was starting to get sick from not having, um, not having heroin and I got scared. Um, and I was like, I think this might be a problem. 
Um, I tried to go to... Um, so you would, like, just after, like, 12 hours or whatever of not really yeah. using, you were getting... You were getting I was sick. getting sick. Withdrawals. Yeah, I would start mm -hmm. going through withdrawals, and um, that would... Uh, that freaked me out, so I decided to go um, try to get some help. Um, and uh, they were like, uh, I went to an outpatient place, and they were like, um, I wasn't an IV user, and I uh, wasn't homeless, and I wasn't in trouble with the courts. Um, so they considered me pretty low priority. Um, they're like, you're gonna have to wait about six months. Um, yeah, and yeah. to me, I heard, you're not bad enough, yeah. you know, this isn't bad enough, which mm -hmm. is something I struggled with growing up, you know, like, whatever you're going through isn't bad enough for anybody to care. Mm -hmm. sure. um, so I was like, all right, I'll do it on my own. I'll mm -hmm. quit on my own. Um, I ended up getting some Suboxone, and um, I uh, moved back to Kodiak, and I was able to um, quit for a little while. Um, but was it like six months? It was only a few months. It was only yeah. a couple months. Um, because I didn't know about recovery. Yeah, I didn't know about recovery. Sorry, I've been talking a really long time. You're good. Oh, no, you're, you're, no, you're totally good. fine. So okay. is it you? Yeah, you just uh, you just kind of like went like an abstinence kind of thing. Like I'm just not going to use, and that was pretty well the end of that consideration. Well, that like didn't seem to work. Or the what? only thing I thought I had a problem with was the the heroin. Right. You know, sure. yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm going to quit this, and I got off of it. And I didn't know about recovery, so I was still drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, I started I started back at my job where I was working 12, 14 hours a day, um, and. Uh, I started using meth to get through it. Um, in my mind, you know, uh, I was able to sober up before work that way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I was able to work long hours. Um, work pretty quickly. Yeah, and um, it and it just I and it wasn't heroin, mm -hmm. so you know. Um, so did your view on meth kind of change then? Yeah. See, I had accidentally done it before. Somebody had given it to me and told me it was Coke. Um, and Coke, I don't know if you guys are aware, but it's like a socially acceptable drug. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. A party, yeah. it's a party drug. Exactly. You've seen memes about it nowadays. Yeah, yeah, where you're like, you know, and it's like, it's a thing. You know, mm -hmm. I, I've... I've I've ran into like women that are like mommies and like mm -hmm. like teachers and like um, and, like completely normal people mm -hmm. um, that would like want to get coke from me and mm -hmm. uh, you know yeah. <laughs> like yeah there were teachers and um, my like my own boss and stuff like that so um, so somebody had given it to me and it wasn't. And um, after that, because I, th I believe because of the amount of dopamine it gives your brain, um, other drugs that don't give your, your brain that amount of dopamine just don't work after that. Like it just, so when I did try to do coke after that, it just didn't work. Um, it didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. uh, it just like the hole that like the receptor in my brain that took in the dopamine was like way too big now. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't feel anything from it. Um, so by that time it was just like, um, where I was from, uh, a lot of people were doing meth 
and um, again, it was like an, it was kind of a normal thing um, for the people I was around, at least. Mm -hmm. um, I still knew to hide it from a lot of people, yeah. um, and I did. I, I hid it from a lot of my like friends and my family, um, you know, because my sister's running that program at the time, you know, um, and the don't mess up my life, and I'm doing it. Um, so, um, yeah, it wasn't too long after that that I started um, using heroin again. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was waiting for that. I was right. on these, this slippery slope right back to your mm -hmm. drug of choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so after that, um, I couldn't work anymore um, because I was just, uh, I couldn't maintain. Yeah. Um, and uh, my season was ending anyways, so I ended up quitting early. Um, and... Uh, yeah, um, the way I I took care of my habit was by selling drugs, um, and I thought that was okay if I wasn't paying for it, you know. Like, my bottom, I didn't reach it because I just kept making it lower, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, if I can work, then I can do drugs, and then I was like, well, if I'm not paying money for drugs, then I can do drugs, you know. You're like, and wait, is this rock? You're like, dynamite. Yeah. yeah, we're going deeper. Yeah, which is funny because that's Mine. what I was. That's yeah. what I was doing. Yeah. I was. That's what my job was before. Sure. I was handling dynamite. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah, I was oh. handling explosives before that. Um, she knew about destroying rock bottoms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. it just you know came natural. Yeah, set your standards lower one compromise at a time. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, all the while I'm not even like aware that yeah. I'm like devaluing like going right. against my morals and like mm -hmm. my self-worth and yeah. stuff mm -hmm. and like making myself feel the shame and like trying to like not being able to identify that because I was mm -hmm. never taught that kind of stuff you know mm -hmm. um and just being like oh I feel horrible I have to make this feeling go away at mm -hmm. any cost necessary yeah. even yeah. if it means getting like plastered at like noon yeah. you know um because I just didn't know how else to process mm -hmm. at that point um, so, uh, and at this point, so you, 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 t you said your, your bottom, so to speak, mm -hmm. is getting deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. And at this point, are you like, man, I am, I'm an addict. I need help. I am like, just, I am that guy like, or that gal, you know, I am that gal that is just, I'm the addict. Or is it just like, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this. So I'm not yeah. mixturable. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, at that point, I was doing all of it, and my own drug dealer was like, um, you're a mess, you know? Really? Yeah. Oh, and I was like, yeah, right? And I was like, oh, man, you're the guy that I don't even want to be seen with in public, and you're calling mm -hmm. me a mess? Like, yeah. uh-oh. You yeah. know? Um, of course, um, he was also enabling me, um, you know, um, because I was living with him and stuff, and... Um, uh, he, uh, was actually giving me the heroin, like, before I wanted to even do it again, so he's the one that provided that, um, and kind of controlled it for a long time for me. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, I would go on vacations, you know, we'd go to, like, Las Vegas, or, like, we went to the Virgin Islands, um, and I would, like, quit for like a month you know and I thought I didn't have a problem because I was able to quit 
and I would go dry out for a little while. Um, always intending to go back to the drugs, though. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I did that. I traveled around for about two or three years um, doing that. Um, and I think my, my lowest was we were in the Philippines, and um, uh, him and I got in a fight, and um, I left for about two or three days. Um, and uh, I get on a computer, because I didn't have a phone or anything there, and I go on my Facebook, and there's a missing poster of me. Um, and everybody back home thinks I'm missing, and, like, there's people, like, she got sold into the sex trade, you know, like, um, yeah, like, people thought I was dead, you know, mm -hmm. um, my family and stuff, and I just have all these messages, like, you need to call your mom. <sighs> um, so I went missing internationally, um, and, yeah, um, I, by then, it was, like, no secret. Like, I couldn't hide it anymore that I was just a mess. Mm -hmm. um, so, eventually, um, I'm in Anchorage by this time. I still can't work or anything, and I just, um, I ended up homeless. Um, I lost everything. I lost, I even lost my cat. Um, that was heartbreaking. That was my bottom right there, not being able to take care of my cat um, and having to give her away because, like, because she could have a better life without me. Like, that was, like, my kid, basically, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and uh, that was really heartbreaking for me. Um, so I ended up calling my parents um, and being like, look, um, I need help. And my mom sent me this number. Um, of this girl and told, in Anchorage and told me to call her, so I did. And she told me about this thing called the bridge device. Um, the bridge device, um, it, uh, it's a little like device you put on your head and it's got like four metal prongs and they stick it near the side of your face and it sends electrical pulses to your brain. Um, every, like, three to five seconds and um it's supposed to take you through accelerated opiate withdrawals um it it curves the part of your brain that tells you I, i'm in pain and i need more because that's what um happens when you're like addicted to heroin um because you're not actually in pain and you don't actually need more but your brain makes you think that so this device cuts that off um so you don't feel very good um, but you're not, like, dying. Um, so uh, my, I asked my parents if they would help me pay for it. It was, like, $300, and I got it put on. And for, like, five to seven days, I went through an accelerated um, withdrawal. <laughs> and, uh, and that was the last time I have used opiates. Um, of any wow. kind. Uh huh. That was. So it worked. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. that was, I've never even heard of that. Thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sounds like Whoa. a yeah. robot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sounds like that's an Ender's game. Right. <laughs> I know. So the Lazarus wow. Project in um, Anchorage does it. And like. Yeah, they, Anchorage, I, Mars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I think. So I think it's something they invented for like, like housewives that like, um, 
in Hollywood that like get it get addicted to pain pills and they have to go through their like withdrawal and like hush hush quiet. Um, so it's not like a thing they they don't have it like a lot of places. Yeah, you don't mm-hmm. like, go pick it up at Walgreens necessarily. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. Um, I think they have it in like like the really like fancy rehabs and stuff. Sure. And I think they were like they were just doing trial runs here, and I just sure. like happened to hear about it. Nice. Yeah, so that was really lucky, and um, hope you don't have like a piece of metal growing in your head right now. Yeah, no, Attention. they were like, it was just like little prongs. <laughs> you used prongs. the Lazarus right. device in 2014, you may be entitled to compensation. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. No, I went through lots of metal detectors since then, so I think You're good. good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, I made a joke about it. I was like, I'm a cyborg now. Yeah, yeah. You know, because like I have this metal thing attached to my mm-hmm. face. And like, yeah. and in fact, I was like hanging out with like, um, a lot of druggies then still because I still was like in that lifestyle and I was like going like this and freaking them out and making them think I was like a cop or something. You know? Yeah. So I did. You know? There's those YouTube videos of that guy that goes to Walmart. He wears a Bluetooth. Have you guys seen that? He goes to Walmart and he has a Bluetooth and he like goes up to someone and like Aaron's wearing a green shirt right now, just so you guys know. So he walks mm-hmm. he like walks up to a guy and he goes, he goes, Yeah, he's right, he's right here. He's got, he's got a green shirt on, long sleeve, uh, dark hair, yeah. Yeah. You can take him down up in about five seconds. <laughs> yeah, you're good. <laughs> and so these all these guys are like Whoa! <laughs> out of there. So yeah, yeah, and that's what it looked like. It looked like a little like Bluetooth device, yeah, except yeah. it had little like wires hanging out of it. So it literally looked like I was wired. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen a wire before. I've only seen one one time when um, I was in uh, I was in Puerto Rico, and we'd asked this guy if he knew where to get any weed, and he was like, "Nope." And he lifts his shirt up to show us he's wearing a wire. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Cut. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Like, he, he obviously it's didn't want good, to be doing it. Because we're the law. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoops, you know. Um, yeah. So that was the first time I'd seen that. Um, yeah. So um, that was the last time I had um, done opiates. And, like, I don't think it was, like, a miracle cure or anything. Sure. Right. I was done. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was done. You know, um, I think that's important. That's yeah. what we hear. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like yeah. emotionally mm-hmm. yeah. just so over I, it. Yeah, just, I was. Yeah. I, yeah, I had went through so much. You know, like um, I, I went through like I put myself through a lot. You mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. I, I think one of the like scarier things I went through was like being jumped and. Uh, beat up by like three big dudes when I was in Vegas like um, like literally right behind a casino mm-hmm. um, just because I was looking for drugs you know um, and uh, that didn't scare me enough um, until like later um, then things like that uh, a couple more things like that happened and uh, yeah but it it wasn't all that that like made me done. It was just something in me that I was just 
I was just so tired. So tired. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like people yeah. are just like so tired. Like they've spun, yeah. <clears throat> they've spun their wheels in the same mm-hmm. place. Like they've crashed in the same exact way. You know, mm-hmm. like you you get in the fast car and you you wreck it into the mm-hmm. same effing wall, and you're just finding mm-hmm. like this game sucks. Dude. Yeah, like, I'm so <laughs> yeah, done with I'm this. Over yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not that fun anymore. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly, and it stopped being fun, which is like the whole point of why I like had. Started doing what I was doing in the first place. I wanted to have fun, mm-hmm. and I wanted to party, and I wanted to be crazy. And I figured I might as well do it while I'm young, yeah. you know. And I did, but you know, it, it turned into like eight or nine years, and I was like, okay, I'm getting too old for this. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to go back to school. I need like, I, I gotta stop like this, you know. You got off track. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I was just trying to have fun. I wasn't trying to like. I wasn't try- I didn't mean for all this to happen, you yeah, know. Yeah, um, yeah. but it just I did. I was just trying to drink party, have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Not get beat up outside the casino. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. trying yeah, you know, but um that's what happens um when you combine uh you know, there was a lot of addiction in my family um and uh with everything else um it was a perfect storm. Mm-hmm. So, um that was about 2 years ago that I did that. Um I ended up, uh, I ended up, um, leaving Anchorage. I came here to, um, live with my parents. Um, so they're living in the Salatnikina area? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I came here to, to live with them. I ended up leaving the guy I was with. So who, maybe this, you don't have to answer this necessarily, mm-hmm. but, uh, sounds like they were struggling when you were younger, and but they obviously got to a place where they weren't, I mean, they weren't at rock bottom. Um, they, they both hit their bottoms, um, a lot, like a longer time ago. Um, they still both have problems, um, but they're, they're older and, um, uh, yeah, they're just, they're just older now and, uh, they're, they're stable. So, um, more stable than me. Um, mm-hmm. at that point. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I didn't know where else to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, I left Anchorage, thank God, and, uh, came here and, um, I was planning on, uh, going to rehab cause I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured that would probably be the best route. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I looked up online how to, like, stop using a lot of times, and I read about this thing called harm reduction, um, where you don't want to get off of everything at once, um, because that's just... A lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know? Like, um, so I, I started one drug at a time, one substance at a time, um, and when I moved into my parents' house, I was able to get off of um, the meth, which I didn't even like doing I I still hated it I hated the way it made me feel but it gave my brain that like burst of like dopamine like that made me want to exist mm-hmm. essentially um so I would do it even though I hated it yeah. um so when I got off of that I was super relieved um and it was easy to stay off of that because it was I wasn't around it all the time anymore um and then um I eventually quit drinking too um uh i um had to wait about 
a month to get into rehab at least. Um, but by then I had been through detox and everything, not the, a detox center, but I had detoxed from everything. Um, and, um, I ended up going to rehab August 14th, 2017. Um, I remember the day I found out I was going, um, I went and had a beer with my dad cause I was like, oh shit, if I'm going to rehab, I better have a drink, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. cause that was my best thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, and it just shows you how much my family knows about addiction because he was like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would do, yeah, you know. Right. Um, yeah, it's on me, girl. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh, exactly. Oh, so. my baby girl. Uh -huh. <laughs> she is yeah, cleaning up, going to rehab. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I remember having that beer and being like, realizing I wasn't normal because I was like, I don't even want to drink. I want to be drunk. Yeah. Like, I don't just want to, like, this, isn't like, this yeah, mm -hmm. this isn't enough, like, yeah. I, I just want to, like, I just want more. Yeah. It's not, there's no satisfaction in it. Yeah. Um, uh, cause yeah, I, I think just, I said this on, on an episode before, but somebody told me, that they said, you know, so one of my friends told me that, you know what crack tastes like? And I was like, what? And they said, crack tastes like more. <laughs> <laughs> more, go. you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and I was al I've always been like that. I've always had poor impulse control. I've always not known when to stop mm -hmm. with everything. Mm -hmm. Anything that makes me feel good, I I just I just need more. Yeah. yeah. You should see me with a gallon of ice cream, you know. Just ride like, it until the wheels yeah. fall off. Yeah, man. And keep going for a little bit just to see if they'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so like if it's not one thing, it's another. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I very much believe in, like, a, like addic addictive personalities. Um, when you, uh, yeah. you said you had, like, um, you went, you were going to go to rehab, like, the next day or something? Did you, where did you go? I went to Serenity House. Okay. Yeah. So did you... Mm -hmm complete that? I did. Yeah, I did. Um, I went to Serenity House for about 30, like, no, it was like 40 days. What was that like? Um, it was like, it was like going back to elementary school. Honestly, like we did arts and crafts. Like we sat around in a circle, like with our legs crossed and talked about our feelings. Like it was, um, it was like an experience. Like, and I felt like <clears throat> I picked up right where I left off. Like, it was like I woke up one day and I was still 12 or 13 in my brain, you know? Um, and I started looking at my clothes and my taste in music and my sense of humor. And I was like, oh my God, I literally stopped growing there. Mm -hmm. um, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty much what happened. And I was yeah. like, I need to continue growing. So I feel like I'm a little bit immature, and I feel like a lot of people that were there were. Um, and it, that makes sense to yeah. me. Mm -hmm. It makes sense to me. And I don't know if I, like, screwed up my, like, brain development because, like, I remember, I remember I thought I was so smart about it when I started drinking heavily when I was, like, 19. I was like, this is when the brain... Is pretty much done developing anyways you know that's what i like truly believed 
and um, so I'm good. And come to find out, like, women's brains don't even stop developing until they're, like, 26 or something like that. Yeah, yeah they're not, like, fully developed till then. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know? well, I missed the bus on that, I guess. Yeah, you know, yeah. but I, uh, yeah. it's, I've actually—it's funny you say that. I've had such similar thinking, except mm-hmm. because I, uh, um, like, in the psych program mm-hmm. and, and and otherwise as well, just figuring out like, I'm in, I like politics and stuff, and so mm-hmm. it's like when like. Like, should things, like, should things be legal? Should things not be illegal? Yeah. Like, what's our role there, government-wise? And mm-hmm. so, like, especially as marijuana has become legal, like, in Alaska yeah. and whatnot and everything, like, the more I've read and what I've heard more is kind of, like, there might not be, like, that many risks smoking weed in adulthood. Like, yeah. maybe not that many. For, yeah. like, a typical adult, like, from time to time, it may yeah. be a more minimal thing. Yeah. And mind you, there's a lot of qualifiers there. Maybe, not sure, okay. Yeah. But then, like, one of the things that I'm also cut, like, that I've read and heard a lot is, like, mm-hmm. but, man, smoking weed, like, in, some, in your adolescence, like, really, we believe should, has, like, some pretty negative consequences it on does. your brain development mm-hmm. that you can't mm-hmm. go back. I mean, yeah. it's not yeah. like it's, it's, it's done. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like... <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> hey man, now that, that now yeah. that I don't smoke weed, like mm-hmm. like but like now like my brain is like mm-hmm. a little bit messed with the, yeah. and like can't go back. I'm mm-hmm. like, come on, dude. yeah, not fair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> redo, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, can I get a new brain? Run it again. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. And if Just I could, if I could redo it, you know, I, pr- I probably I, re- I would do a lot of things differently. Sure. But like I, I didn't I didn't think it was that bad, you know. Like, of course, like any story, it's a plant, you know. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. but it really did mess with me. Like, it gave yeah. me horrible anxiety, and like, I just didn't even like realize it because I was too stoned to like realize that I was like having paralyzing like anxiety from it. And like, yeah, I've read a lot of different things about it, and um, I don't know how anybody can function like that. <laughs> Honestly, sure. I just don't. I don't know what I was doing. Sure, yeah, truly. I've... That happens, like, when I go back home sometimes, you know, yeah. people will be, like, smoking weed and driving. And, like, even, like, it's legal yeah. here now, you know what I mean? I'm, like... Can't smoke weed and drive, dude. Still a well, no, yeah. no, I know, here, oh, but, like, yeah. back home where it's, like, it's not legal to possess. It's definitely not legal to drive under. You know what I mean? Like, everything about it is completely illegal. I'm, like, mm-hmm. dude, like, if you get pulled over, like... But you're still doing it. Yeah, like, yeah. You, if you get pulled <laughs> over, like, you're so... You're so effed dude like mm-hmm. that's gonna be a lot of trouble mm-hmm. you're gonna get in a lot of trouble if you do that you know what mm-hmm. i mean then like thinking back when i was like 15 16 like drinking smoking driving around like mm-hmm. for fun i'm like what yeah idiot dude mm-hmm. like this guy yeah like it's same thing like you wish you could go back and be like first of all thankful you did didn't get in trouble then yeah now you know what i mean but mm-hmm. like even looking back you're like dude I would not do that twice. Like, that just doesn't seem like a smart thing to do. If you wouldn't have been smoking weed when your brain, and you messed up your brain, dude, like, who knows? You could be the next Steve Jobs, but now you can't. Yeah. Now you're screwed. Yeah. Now I'm the next Elizabeth Holmes. You're going to be a Steve Jobs. That was his dream. It's over. Now you're done. I was definitely heading there. (laughs) I was on my way. Then I had a joint at 15. Dang it. Yeah. Uh, 
just takes one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, right. we're restarting the dare program. Yeah. <laughs> Smoke at 15, your life is over. Yeah. <laughs> it's that easy. Well, I feel like if you're like, if you're held accountable like that and you realize that, because I just didn't make yeah. that connection, you know? Yeah. I didn't realize I was damaging anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because if I had thought about it and thought I was hurting myself in any way, that would have been really upsetting. Like, especially how, like, teenagers are really self-centered and they're, like, really, like, superficial. And, like, if I had thought, like, oh, this might make my teeth kind of brown or, like, this might, like, affect the way I look somehow or, like, my brain or how I act, you know, if I had made that connection, I would have been like, oh, no way, you know? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to be different or I don't want this to affect me in any way. Um... But I didn't, I didn't realize that, you know, for sure. You know, I, I remember like doing the drugs and like taking what I thought were precautions to like make sure like my teeth didn't get messed up. And like, it was very superficial um, in a way, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but after a while you just stop caring. Oh yeah. 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 Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I so I uh, completed the program. I started doing outpatient, um, and uh, were there some things that you were in in the, those like first like fifty days or whatever you said you're in serenity for? Did you say forty days? Yeah, like 50, that first fifty days that was uh, hard or harder than you thought or easier than you thought. Um, like. It was, um, I had a lot of stuff pop up that, um, I had forgotten about, you know, like, um, uh, because of traumatic experiences I went through, um, I, I found out about PTSD. I didn't know about it. Um, I didn't realize that I might have it. Um, and, uh, it kind of made sense. Um, so I had some symptoms from that, like, pop-up, some, like, um, flashbacks, um, and, um, some really unstable emotions because of it, and that I, that I'd forgotten that I used to have before I started using, um, which I think the using kind of covered up, you know, um, because I used to be just kind of a really, like, um, rowdy unstable like angry person that would just get mad at the drop of a hat um be because like old wounds would get triggered and I wouldn't even realize it and I would just get so upset over what seemed like nothing and I just thought I was nuts you know I was like there's something wrong with me I'm crazy like I didn't even realize what was going a tortured on artist. yeah or yeah, torture yeah, yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah so um when I started finding that stuff out, I was like, oh, okay, I'm not crazy. Like, yeah. oh, okay. Um, like, there are some things that cause some of this stuff to some extent, and if I was to somehow and in some ways address it, yeah, I may be better off. Yeah, then maybe I would figure out a different way to cope, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which was kind of relieving in a way. Oh, um, totally. Yeah, um... Some things that were hard were like, uh, um, I immediately wanted to like find something else to like fill that like 
dopamine rush, like, you know, um, like sugar, um, caffeine, you know, nicotine, um, which like I wasn't even, I didn't drink coffee before, like really, and I didn't really much care for nicotine. Um, I I wasn't into it. Um, But when I didn't have anything else, that's what it turned to. Um, uh, And um, yeah, so those were some hard things. I mean, of course, I right away wanted to like try and find um, a relationship and um, find someone to like be with um, to keep me occupied almost in a way Um, as messed up as that sounds that's what the underlying thing was like Um, yeah so I had to deal with that Um, and the type of people I was meeting in rehab were like not people that should be dating Mm -hmm. Um, obviously you know (laughs) but uh, yeah so I had to I had to deal with some stuff like that Um, and, um, yeah, I, I wanted to get out right away and I didn't even realize why, you know, um, I just, I was still in that mode, like, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Um, and I ended up moving into my parents' house, which was a really poor decision on my part. Um, cause my mom was kind of like my original, like drug dealer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, she doesn't know how else to cope with life um so um moving in there was a really unhealthy environment for me um uh and uh I I made that choice though um and uh I lived there for for about four months um I ended up getting in a car crash right after I got out of um rehab because I hadn't driven in the snow and ice in a while and um, I didn't have studs on my truck yet and ended up rolling my truck into a ditch. First time I'd gotten a car wreck completely clean and sober. It was kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I ended up uh, breaking a bone in my mm-hmm. collarbone and they had to do this scan on me to see if I had, um, they were worried I bruised my heart. Um, and about a month later, they called me and they said they found a lump on my thyroid. Um, and I had to get a biopsy and I didn't, I didn't even know what that was really. Um, and then another month goes by and um, they call me and they tell me that uh, there was cancer noma in my um, thyroid. And I was like, okay. You know, like didn't think anything of it. And I was at the gym and I was like, all right, thanks, bye. And I called them back and I was like, wait, what? What's you know? <laughs> and they're Pull like, up. they're like thyroid cancer. And I was like, oh my God, you know? Um, yeah. So wow. I have cancer. That's a big deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was That's like, scary. what? You know? And the guy tells me it's not a big deal and it's super common. And of course I'm like. Yeah, it's cancer. What? You know, like (laughs) how's this word? Yeah, like I'm gonna be scared. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, so they had to do surgery right away, um, to uh, get it taken out, um, which was probably a good thing because I literally had tickets to Florida, 
Um, and I was planning to go to Florida for a weekend to go to a Wu-Tang concert um, with, uh, with... You're serious? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, if I was a drug addiction counselor, I'd be like, Jacqueline, <laughs> you have been out of rehab for less than like six months, and you are considering coming to a Wu-Tang concert in Florida? Do you really think this is your best judgment? I know. <laughs> Okay. I yeah. know, so, right? Yeah, yeah but looks, I was like, Jacqueline that looks sense. right at you and says, the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, haven't you heard? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, so um, I was on my way, I was literally on my way there, like my bag was packed. Um, and I decided not to go because of that. Good call. Yeah, right. Good call. Wow. So, you know, it could have literally like in a weird way saved my life yes i was like on my way i was not planning on doing very much like follow-up care with this i thought Mm -hmm. i'd go to rehab and i'll be good right you know um nobody has to know that i screwed up my life for the last like few years and like i can just like go back to normal Mm -hmm. um which is not how things work if you're never normal you know right um sure yeah so uh so I had to go through two surgeries and radiation um, twice um, over the last like year and a half. Um, when I heard that, I came here because um, I didn't know what else to do. And um, my first instinct was like um, to get messed up, mm-hmm. to cover it up. Um, you were uh, pretty scared, huh? Yeah, I just didn't know how else to cope with it. Yeah. Like, really, like, like, what am I supposed to do? And there was a time in my life where I would use that as an excuse to go get whatever prescriptions I wanted and, mm-hmm. like, like literally party my way into the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would think it was, like, fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, uh, so I just had my, my... Uh, last radiation, uh, radioiodine therapy, um, like two months ago, and um, it ended up working. So they were able to like wipe out all the cancer in my body, which is awesome. Um, but I remember after um, my first surgery, uh, I woke up from it, and I was still like, I was still feeling the effects of the the fentanyl they gave me, and. Um, Fentanyl was one of the last, like, drugs I had used, um, a a lot of, um, which is really dangerous, scary Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I remember using it and not being able to breathe, um, because, like, I think maybe my heart was stopping or something, but I know it causes respiratory failure. Um, very well been OD at that point. I think I, I think I was a little bit, um, but I didn't care, um, at that point in my life. Um, but, uh, so I woke up and I was still feeling the effects of that. And I was like, ew, this feels so gross. What is this feeling? Like I felt, I hated it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, it's, it's the drugs. And I was like, that was like a huge thing for me where I was like, whoa, I can't do drugs anymore. Like ever again, like that, like. Because before that, I went to rehab and I, like, did the, like, lip service and stuff. And I did what I thought I had to do. And I really didn't want to use again. But at the same time, I had that reservation where if this doesn't work out for me, I could always 
go back mm -hmm. um, and just do that for the rest of my life. And you're pretty young, so it, I mean, mm -hmm. it seems like one of the things we've heard before is like when people are young and getting sober is like it's hard for they overwhelmed by the idea of like I'm never gonna do drugs again I mean that's an yeah. overwhelming thought They're yeah like, man that's uh -huh. a lot of life and mm -hmm. yeah it's not a lot of drugs you yeah, know? yeah. Uh -huh. so it's yeah I mean that's right. probably yeah was that that was daunting you know yeah yeah almost seems unrealistic as well I mean, and it seems like that's what we hear yeah, and it's not realistic if you think about it, you know, because how, how am I supposed to know? How is anybody supposed to know? Yeah, I could want that, but, you know, you never know. You just never know. Um, and there was a time in my life where I firmly, like, after that, I firmly believed I would never use drugs again. And then that got scary for me again. Like, am I really never going to, like, drink again? Like, I can at least do that, right? Like, am I never, you know, like... So, um, after that, I was like, wow, this isn't the answer anymore. Um, I'm going to have to figure out another way to live. Um, so, uh, I started going back into outpatient. Um, I was doing a little bit of school, um, online. Uh, I was enrolled full-time before I got diagnosed with, uh, cancer to go full-time in the spring, but I couldn't after that. So I just took like two online classes. Um, and, uh, and I started doing therapy like once a week. Um, I started doing this EMDR therapy, which is really good for like PTSD to reprocess, um, old memories and trauma and, um, to do it in a safe environment where, um, where you can safely express the things you may have not been safe to express at those times. Um, and uh, that really helps with um, some of the symptoms I was having um, and uh, like some of the like anger I went through and uh, like the self-destructive tendencies that really kind of snuffed him out a little bit, um, and, which is really cool. Um, which is really cool because um, that was one thing that would make me probably use again would to be have to deal with that and like literally not know how to process it. Um, I, I found a way to process it um, through therapy. Um, I'm still doing therapy once a week. I've been doing it for almost two years um, and uh, it's super helpful. It is super helpful. Sometimes I don't want to go. Um, but I do, I, I kind of feel like it's a job almost. Yeah. It's a mm -hmm. lot of, I mean, it's work. In yeah. Some ways, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I'm really, I've just been kind of trying to go hard on that. Um, and, um, getting, uh, getting back in school really, really helps with my recovery because it makes me feel, um, it makes me feel like I'm making up for like lost time and I'm doing what I wanted to do when I first mm -hmm. started going really far downhill. Um, yeah. and, uh, and, uh, I do a lot of like, um, like community stuff. Um, I, I work uh, a lot with like Narcotics Anonymous and, um, uh, I, I help out there. Um, helping like do functions and stuff um which is really cool because uh we do stuff like sober camping and like um 
like we'll have like dances like we're having prom this weekend like which I was too messed up to go to my prom and I think that's a lot of their stories right Mm -hmm. so we get to like do that stuff yeah yeah Yeah. right I know Yeah, so we get to go do that stuff, and we that's get to cool. do it, like, that's sober, cool. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those, yeah. 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 Really which is kind of awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm I'm stoked on that. Um, so so doing that stuff really helps. Um, I, I wasn't planning on living here. I wasn't planning on staying here. Um, I wanted to go back to Kodiak, which would have been a really terrible idea for me because they have a huge substance abuse problem there and not a lot of resources mm-hmm. um yeah major i don't and it seems like yeah. i mean i can't speak like too much comparatively but it's i mean on the peninsula here in Soldotna, between like the hospital and serenity and all of the things that fall under the hospital mm-hmm. um with the detox and the transitional living and serenity i mean there's just so there are a lot of resources there are yeah like um after i um, got out of um, Serenity House. I waited about four months to get into the transitional living, and that was super helpful. Oh, so you to did? Me. Yeah, mm, I awesome. lived there. I lived there for like almost six months. Awesome. Yeah. And it what was, was that like? We haven't. I don't know if we've had, no, and, and if there have been, it hasn't really been discussed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems truly to be able to go from here to go from like. Oh my gosh! I can't use for like very many hours. I can't like yeah. miss many hours of of using without being sick. So yeah. then you're in detox to then inpatient rehab to then transitional living for an extensive amount of time. I mean, you yeah. can really go from A to Z here. Yeah, which is 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 impressive. Yeah, yeah, and that was like, I was so grateful to move in there. Like I remember one that was one of the first times I like had tears of joy. Um, which is, like, weird for, like, someone to be so stoked to, like, move into a place like that, especially when I had a considerable, like, I had a comfortable place to live, but it was not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and my um, my emotional and mental growth had really stunted when I went there because of, it, it wasn't my parents, it was the experiences I had with them that... Mm-hmm was constantly brought up by being around them. Just being back in, like, that kind of dynamic. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, like, um, it's, like, I saw something that said, you can't heal in the place you got sick in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, that's completely true uh, for that for that situation. Um, so, I mean, my I stalled out for quite a few months. Um, but when I got into the transitional uh, housing it was it was really good i was able to um come here full time um go to school and um really work on myself and focus on myself and figure out who i was and it it was almost like a like a dorm setting like a like um i lived in the dorms when i went to uh college in uh in anchorage and um it was like that kind of setting um pretty much even the rooms looked just like it, the beds everything um we had a cook there and uh we had our own little gym there and um it was really cool there are a lot of people to play music with there you know I play guitar and I sing and there's a lot of musicians there are a lot of artists um um 
I think when I went to rehab, every single person in that house knew how to play an instrument. Um, Interesting. Yeah, which yeah. is crazy, right? Yeah. yeah, or they were like, and they were artists too. Like, you know, like they knew how to draw or paint or whatever, which was really like, oh, wow. You know, how many artists are out there that are just like snuffing out their their talent with mm-hmm. drugs and alcohol, yeah. you know? Because, um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I did for years. I, I I learned how to play guitar, and I didn't pick it up for years, you know? Um, yeah. So living in the transitional house really, really, really helped um, a lot. There was that support. Um, I was constantly forced to be around people that were doing the same thing I was doing. Um, because when you when you're recovering if you get around people that are like normal that can like drink socially or like um it makes you a little sad yeah yeah yeah. 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 well you're like it's it's not so it's like you're like well maybe i can too like i want i want to too you know Mm -hmm. um and they may not understand that it's not a good idea for you Mm -hmm. um you know and um so I spent a lot of time being sad about it, and I spent a lot of time being around other people that were in the same boat, so I didn't have to explain myself, you know, um, and I didn't have to spend so much energy trying to not. I was just, like, safe to to be kind of broken and fixing myself and working on myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was super helpful. Everybody there was really supportive and great, and um, it helped me establish a routine. I was doing things like waking up and making my bed in the morning because they force you to, and you'd be surprised how much that helps. Um, first, it helps you get out of bed because <laughs> like you have to make it, and you're not going to get back in your bed after you make it. You know what I mean? Um, and um, it gives you a sense of accomplishment, like, first thing in the morning, like, yeah. I did something. Mm-hmm. And I think they, that's why they make people in the Army do that and stuff, too. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, so so there was just little things like that. It gave me a set schedule, which I, I don't think I'd ever had in my freaking entire life. Some structure. So yeah, I- some structure, yeah, right, and rules and, like, stuff I had to do, which I had never followed rules before Mm -hmm. if they were given to me and I never wanted to and I always found ways around it and so it was really like helpful Mm -hmm. it was super helpful and it's different it sounds like since you never got to experience that once you were kind of put through it was that a big revelation on hey this is what a healthy lifestyle looks like and it feels good too yeah like whoa if thrive off of structure and like Mm. routine like because I always thought I was just like a gypsy you know and Mm. that's the lifestyle for me and don't get me wrong that's fun (laughs) you know (laughs) but like but at the same time it's not very productive and I got a lot more done um staying in one place and just like sticking to a routine and having a like set set like way Mm -hmm. um you know because I wasted a lot of time not being that way um and uh yeah so after about six months, I was able to get my own apartment. Um, one of the first times I had had a place on my own um, where there weren't other people living with me. Um, it was the first time I'd ever, you know, I'd always, I'd gotten other places and moved people in with me because <laughs> I couldn't stand being alone. Yeah. <laughs> it was no fun, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But at that time, after living with like 12 
separate human beings. Um, mm -hmm. I just wanted to be alone. Mm -hmm. It was just me and my tree, my little bonsai tree. Oh, you had one of those? Yeah. Did you like clip them up? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. cool. Oh, you are supposed to clip them then, okay? Yeah. So I'm not just because <laughs> I, I was doing movies. that to I think it. I yeah. The Karate Kid, movies. bro. You ever yeah. watch the Karate Kid? I think oh, you yeah. and I watched that together. Yeah, it's, it's the best movie ever. Where he has him paint the fence. Uh, like, well, yeah, bro. He teaches him karate. Before that, they talk about bonsai trees and like creativity and patience and caring yeah. for this tree. You and I watched that together, huh. didn't we? Yeah, we did. I own it. It's like one of four movies I own. You own. <laughs> dude, it's a best. I own it. I do. <laughs> yeah, dude, I own Me it. and all my pretentious <laughs> self own it. Kid. Name dropping. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Miyagi, dog. My hero. Uh -huh. I think in life I strive Isn't to be Mr. Miyagi. Isn't that kid's name like Daniel or something? What's the yeah, kid's Daniel's son. <laughs> he's like the whitest kid ever. Yeah, dude. He's Italian. His name's Ralph Macchio. He's uh, the actor. Oh, oh yeah. His name's Daniel. Wow. He's yeah. the whitest guy ever. Yeah. Um... Daniel's son, yeah. And he gets mad, right? Because he's like, I never actually do any karate. Yeah, dude. And then there's that epic like breakthrough scene where, yeah, where <laughs> Mr. Yamagi's throwing punches and he's <laughs> painting the fence, waxing the car. Yeah, it's sick, dude. It's, it's the best um, movie I've ever seen. Dude, we've already <laughs> talked about Karate Kid a couple times in these different episodes. It's getting weird how it comes up. So, <laughs> isn't it weird lot. how everything yeah. can just come back to Karate Kid? Yeah. <laughs> you can learn fault, a lot from the really. Karate I Kid. I think it's really your fault. Well, though. dude, Zach was literally painting a fence <laughs> to learn patience. But you're you know, kind of the like, guy uh, that keeps bringing it up because it's universal. Well, well, Universe is the best movie ever. Who can't relate to that? <laughs> who can't relate to the Karate Kid? Um, oh man, so yeah, bonsai tree. Those are, those uh, those seem a little bit hipster. Yeah, they're kind of probably hipster. succulents, but with more dedication. Yeah, yeah. probably. I want a cool bonsai tree. Yeah, your bonsai yeah. tree would be terrible. My no, it'd be awesome. My sister sent it, it to it? my mom. Online? She sent it to my mom from Amazon. Yeah, nice. I know, right? I'm yeah. gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Yeah. One. They're really rad. You can just like put water in this little pool next to it, and it sucks it through this like clay uh, pot. Kind of mm. self feeds it. Like, yeah. You, have you ever fed a cat with? The, oh, sorry. I know you used to have a cat. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm uh, processing it, had that, it. And it's so it used to uh, like you know you can put the food in the container and then mm -hmm. it like empties out here and it feeds back into. The yeah. Cell. So it's kind of like that. Kind of like that. Yeah. 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 So, so which low is maintenance. Great. Yeah, exactly, thing. which is great because like if I had to water it every day, I don't know, man. Yeah. You know, sometimes <laughs> I forget to drink water. Sometimes. You know, like yeah. how many? Yeah, exactly. Dude. So I'm taking care of this tree in my place, and like that's really cool. And um, I think my friend's kid had a. Uh, had an alarm that literally would go off every X amount of time and say, drink more water. Uh -huh. I was going to say, that's... There's water that's bubbles that do that. That's a whole new level that. of, like, <laughs> automated existence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Must drink water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now it's... Oh, that's intense. You know what time it is. I have it's a... water time. All right. <laughs> I think they drank water in the Karate Kid. <laughs> nah, dude, they don't. Dude. He knows. He owns it. They do go to the ocean, though, and work on karate. It's sick. It's sick. That's one of my favorite scenes. Bro. Daniel's son's practicing his kicks in the ocean because the ocean keeps hitting him as he's kicking, you know, to build uh -huh. resistance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is sweet, dude. And then he learns how yeah. to kick well, I guess. Look, now everyone's drinking water. Mm -hmm. Well, that That's water's good. not good. 
Where it gets yeah. musty. It's got a Brita filter. <laughs> I always use Brita filter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so. Everyone should watch the Karate Kid. So I feel like that's the point. Yeah. Moral of the story is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when you were living at your, uh, so you're continuing your therapy, right? Mm -hmm. You're, uh, you obviously have some form of income to some extent. And, yeah. uh, and so, and you're going to school. Mm -hmm. And at that point, are you like, okay, like life is really awesome. Yeah. Um, so like, Compared to where I came from, pretty much anything was awesome mm -hmm. at that point. You know, sometimes I'm a little sad, like, when I look back on, like, the couple of fun things I did, you know? Because, like, I'm not going to lie, I had a lot of fun, mm -hmm. you know? Um, it just stopped being fun. Um, and it cost a lot. Like, yeah. yeah. Of time and... Time and, and, like, health and, like, you know, after a while it takes a toll. Like, you, you just can't be doing that and like be healthy yeah. um so uh yeah so I'm able to like go to the gym again and like I, I'm playing guitar and I'm like even going to like perform in front of people and like um I'm going back to school and actually making a dent in my degree program and uh uh I have a vehicle again and my own place and um I'm, I'm making friends here, and uh, I, I have a life again. Um, one that's not worth losing, um, mm -hmm. you know, because when you're when you're out there doing like doing drugs and partying, um, your your like addiction almost sets up a life that well, it doesn't matter. I might as well just do this anyways because I got nothing to lose, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and addiction kind of sets you up to just keep doing that. Um, but the further you Eventually get Eventually the stakes it, get a little high. Yeah. I was just, Aaron and I were talking yeah. about that the other day. Mm -hmm. It seems like in use, like eventually there gets to be a point where the stakes are, are high. Like yeah. There are things to lose. And that's when like there's a little bit of a difference. Yeah. Maybe there's a difference before that too, but there's yeah. definitely like there there's a there's a point that you reach where the stakes are high enough yeah to where like just going and using yeah is not something that you so like approach with ease it's like whoa yeah. hold on like there's actually some things on the line here yeah you know? exactly like the further i get away from it the higher the stakes I imagine. yeah exactly the more sense it makes to like it wouldn't make sense to ever do that again mm -hmm. um like because when i was because when i was using um when i was using you know um I there's not a lot of loss i mean yeah. i mean there's no like you let's say you're you're in the middle of it. It mm -hmm. seems like this is like you're in the middle of it and like using again. Mm -hmm. There's just not a whole lot to lose from that single instance. Mm -hmm. Like there may be an amount to lose of like using like if you're like oh should I use for the next thirty times in a row? Yeah. I mean then you might be able to create some tangible amounts of loss there. Yeah. But like 
using just this next time. Yeah. Truly probably is not a lot to lose. Like just yeah. this next time. And then if you're truly yeah. don't use again, it's like that yeah. 30 times in a row, which obviously yeah. you can argue is like built up one by one. But nonetheless, yeah. like there comes a time where the stakes are like, and even just a couple times, like I'm mm -hmm. really putting a lot in jeopardy that yeah. really is, I think what's interesting is that would be a lot of work to get back. It would. I that's, mean, that's, that's another like, thing. I'm like, I don't want to do all this again. <laughs> right, you know, no, like, this right. is a lot of work. This, I don't, I don't. It wasn't all yeah. that fun. Yeah, you know? exactly. It wasn't that much it fun. It wasn't, wasn't Florida. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. And the thing is, the like, further I get into my recovery, like, the more I can do these things, yeah. you know? Like, I'm going to Hawaii next week. Like, right? No concerts, nice. right? No. I'm just joking. I know. <laughs> no, I'm just no. <laughs> And you know, like, you can go to concerts if you have, no, like, good right, people with right, you, you no, know? I'm like, totally I was going to go with, like, like some bad people. Yeah, and, yeah. like, I mean, like, I will. I will see Wu-Tang one day. But, yeah, yeah. you know, like, I needed some more time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little like, better supporting cast. Yeah, so I was, yeah, like, sure. following, like, a pattern. I, I yeah. didn't even realize it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, like... When I was out there using, um, like, my biggest fear was I didn't want to go to jail. I didn't want to get in trouble because then my future's ruined because I'll have a record. Um, and that was, like, my big thing. Um, and um, I did end up actually getting um, and, uh, pulled over, and I almost got a DUI. Um, but I got reckless driving, and, and that did screw me up a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um, but... The thing is, like, you make these things, and I didn't even realize it happened. Like, I didn't even realize I passed that point because I was so far gone anyways. Um, and and thank God that was the only time I got arrested. Um, but uh, I, I, I literally didn't learn anything from it um, at the time, you know. Um, it didn't make any difference to me. Um, yeah. So, so now... I can't imagine like when I like when I'm sitting in school in the in the math lab and I hear these people talking about like getting like super wasted. I'm like, how how can you even remember any of this stuff? Like and like go get hammered and like be able to do this. I I can't do both. There's no yeah. way I can do both. I gotta choose, know? yeah. Yeah, like there's just no way, no. you know? Um and I'm just kind of like laughing about it. I'm like, I already, I've already done that. I've already been there. You know, yeah. um, I'm done. Played that game. Yeah, exactly. Not, right. So, yeah, it doesn't end too well. Oh, yeah, I'm like, have fun with me. your hangovers. You know, um, no, thank you. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm over it. And like, when I used to think about it, I used to get kind of sad. Like, am I never gonna be able to drink again? You know, am I never gonna be able to go out and have like drinks with my friends or whatever and um for a I think while that's valid. i was like i don't know i think yeah. that's valid that's you know we've yeah. heard that mm -hmm. before yeah. where people they it's it's they've described it as mourning you know you mm -hmm. really have to kind of mourn that you are not going to experience that and it's mm -hmm. like especially when you contrast that with what maybe appropriately worded or not like with normal people getting you don't get mm -hmm. to experience what the i've heard it said, said like normies, yeah, no, normies what the normies yeah. do mm -hmm. you know you have to mourn those things yeah. you know like to some extent and you have to i mean you understand that 
you know, it's it's the best thing for you, but it's mm -hmm. nonetheless, it still can per be perceived in some ways and, and mm -hmm. sometimes like as a little bit of loss, you know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't it feel is. fair. It is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're like, why why do I have to like not be able to do these things because like I was born different, you know, mm -hmm. because like the way I think about it is I was just like, I was born into being an addict, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was there before I even knew it, you know. I was prone to addiction in my family, um, and then with the trauma and everything else, um, my environment, uh, I it was almost like I didn't have a choice. It just happened. Um, Nowadays, I have a choice. Um, yeah, and kind of, and, and, yeah, and I would say that maybe you have you have a choice. Like until you don't, like yeah, if you use a few times. Like your yeah. your choice kind of fades away. I mean, I think there's yeah. a point where you're kind of you're hooked to a point. Yeah. I mean, you can get out, but like mm -hmm. it's quite a bit harder. I mean, you got a few things yeah. latched on to you there. It is hard, and like I don't have a choice in how it affects me after I use it. Sure. Is basically what I don't have a choice in. Mm -hmm. And, like, I can I can be sad about that or I can be, like... Um, make the best out of this. Oh, well, I'm, like, the way I see it today, I'm, like, I want to live a life where I don't have to go out and have drinks to be happy, mm -hmm. you know, um, or to, to feel good. Um, like, I don't want to do that I don't want to have to do that for fun um I can have fun in other ways and the way I see it now it's like um if other people do that that's that's cool that's okay but mm -hmm. I I want to do something else now you know mm -hmm. um I've done I've done that stuff and I think what's interesting or what's cool really is that listening to you talk you've expressed like, I've done that, like, you said that, and, like, kind of, you're ready for something new, and the fact of the matter is that you got a lot of life for this new uh -huh. venture, you know? I mean, some people want to try, some people get to your, or kind of have those same feelings, those same thoughts, and not that it's pointless, I'm not saying that, but, I mean, they're, like, 60 years old. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, legitimately. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, you can make an argument for them that you're like, man, you still got 15 years. Yeah. You got, I mean, yeah, I'm the rest of my life. Gym. You still got, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, 70 years. I kind of I I canceled maybe, my maybe gym membership okay. for the summer, too. Because yeah. so. it's just too nice out. Yeah. 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 It's just weird. I'm not gonna, I don't want to go in there. <laughs> Any excuse not to go, and I'm going to take it, yeah, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, like 50 years left. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> still a long time. Dark. That's a long time. Hey, I, I know. feel like that's being pretty generous. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you never no, okay. know. 55 years. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Sounds like, like Sounds 82 right. or something. Yeah. 82. That's pretty yeah. good life. Right? And um, so, I mean, I have my whole life ahead of me. And the way I see it is like, like, and maybe I just say this to make myself feel better about what happened. Like, no matter what, our lives are, like, on a certain path. Mm -hmm. And, like, you're going to experience these things regardless. So, like, the way I saw it, I went through it young instead of having a midlife crisis when I'm, like, 
30 or 40 and have mm. kids and like a house and like a, and a career and I go out and go crazy because like I have that in me that like need to like go yeah. wild for a while and I ruin that you know yeah. um it's so, so hard yeah we've watched that kind of thing happen yeah, yeah. people have, have good degrees they have good jobs they yeah have good families and next thing you know it's like whoa yeah. Man. Exactly. They've lost everything. Mm-hmm. And now they're 55, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, things like that. You're just like, man. Mm-hmm. That I mean, could have happened at 20. Yeah. yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's, like, what I was, like, thinking when I was that age, too. I was like, I'm just going to get this out of my system now because it's here and I need to do it. You know, I have this in me. And I didn't realize that that was just, like, um, a bunch of like unresolved issues in me um, and uh, you know maybe I could have went about it in a different way but I didn't <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, that's the way I wanted to go about it um, and now I'm resolving these issues a little bit um, to make it so I don't need to do that mm-hmm. um, yeah so uh, I guess uh, that pretty much takes us up to today. Um, for some of, I guess, for, like, some younger people who are trying to figure this out, like, because I would say that you're a younger person that's mm-hmm. kind of figured it out and will continue to figure it out. Um, what are some of the things that you might, like, not, like, necessarily say to, like, a younger you, but, like, say to, like, somebody, like, maybe around, like, in your shoes, like, because there's some... Are you like, man, I'm like, I did these couple things, and if I wouldn't have done those, I don't know if that would have worked out very well. Or, like, what is, the, is there any kind of advice? Um, I, I wish I had just asked for help, um, to begin with, you know, um, I didn't know how to ask for help at the time, um, but if I had just, like, opened up and said what was going on um, to someone I think that would have helped um, and I and I did but I think I only said it to one or two people and um, it wasn't enough mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and if there's something going on where you feel like you you need um, to like smoke weed or like drink or do drugs to like feel better. Um, that's not gonna work for very long, and um, you're gonna it's gonna end up making you feel worse um, in the long run, um, and it doesn't actually fix anything. Uh, and there's there's ways you can you can um, get help that that, uh, you know, like counseling or going to a doctor or, um, just doing group therapy or talking to someone, um, will really, really help you find a different path. Um, cause you know, I am grateful for my experience, but I wish that I could go back. Um, and, uh, and, and there's not yeah. a lot of, I mean, there's no guarantee that 
you do that same kind of path that you're 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 here today you know yeah i mean i'm surprised a little bit of fentanyl in your heroin and Mm -hmm. and you're dead done yeah exactly that's just the end of the it's just the end yeah of the road or you could go to prison for the rest of your life or whatever you know like i mean i i just didn't i didn't um i got lucky you know, um, in a, in a weird way. And like, there's no guarantee for that. And I've met people that have overdosed and, um, and, uh, that have overdosed and been brought back and like, they're just not right in the head anymore, you know, cause obviously that kills brain cells. And like, I didn't realize the damage I was doing to myself when I was drinking and doing drugs you know, I thought it was fun, and I thought I was young, and it was okay. Um, but there, there's like a lifelong damage that um, that I gotta deal with now. And uh, yeah, you know, I I probably could have been a lot further in life if I had just chosen a different path. Um, but I didn't. Um, yeah, like I, I go into the, the jails once a week sometimes and I, ta- and I talk to the girls there. Um, and um, I tell them like it's never too late, you know, to change. Um, it's never too late for anybody to change. I've, I've seen people from age like 18 to age like 60 in rehab, um, go through, go through these programs, um, and get help and, um, make their life better. And not one of them has ever been bummed that they got help. Um, if you're going through something and you think you can do it alone, maybe you can, but why would you, why would you do it by yourself? Why not get help? Um, why not make it easier on yourself? Um, there's no shame in it. Uh, you know, I, it took me a really long time to thinking I could do this by myself. I can, I can quit by myself. Um, and, uh, it never, it never worked out too well. And once I did get help, it was just so much easier and so much faster, um, and so much more effective, um, going through a program and not just depriving myself of my only coping mechanism and just expecting the best. Yeah. You know, um, because yeah, you, you need to learn a new way. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're not going to figure it out on your own. (laughs) Some people do, but I mean, it's kind of like reinventing the wheel. Yeah. You don't have to, you Mm -hmm. don't have to, like there's programs set up. There's, there's, you can go to a meeting, you can go to an AA meeting, an NA meeting, you can go to your doctor and tell them you're having a problem with addiction or mental health. Um, you can you can go to a program, inpatient rehab, outpatient rehab, there's trauma centers, um, there's, uh, there's places you can go to just get like a rehab just for your trauma. You know, it it doesn't even have to be an addiction problem. It's just um, a pro uh, a problem that you're having. Um, yeah, there's there's just so much help out there nowadays, and um, 
There's just no shame in it. Because it's just, it's not your fault, you know? Yeah. You don't choose what your brain does. You don't choose how you react to things. Um, and you don't choose where you came from. Um, but you can choose where you go from there. Um, and uh, that's, that's how I feel about it. You know, I have a choice today in what I do and where I go. Um, and uh, that's because I asked for help. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm really, really grateful for all the programs and community stuff there is here because not only did it make it easier, but like I'm having fun and my life is good. And, um, and I, I love my life today. You know, I'm going to concerts now and I, I just went camping with a bunch of people like sober, like nobody had to like drink to like be okay with each other and um and yeah like I'm doing stuff today and yeah I, I love my life today like this and I'm not sad about the fact that I won't ever be able to like drink or like go trip balls in the woods on mushrooms or whatever you know like um I'm <laughs> I'm, uh, I am excited about the new experience of, like, figuring out life without it mm -hmm. um, and figuring out healthy ways to alter my brain chemistry, you know what I mean? Because um, that's kind of the way I see it now. I'm like, this life thing is a whole new trip, you know, um, for me. Because... <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a whole new experience, you know. I wanted new experiences by, like using and drinking and stuff and like this is a whole new experience being sober and mm -hmm. clean is a whole new experience for me um which is pretty interesting yeah you know I, that's the way i have to look at it yeah. today <laughs> i don't know about tomorrow it changes it evolves so but i'm growing today so Sometimes it's painful, but for the most part, I'm, you know, I'm moving forward finally. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. Uh, I think that was, I think one of the things, you said a lot of great things. I think one of the things that stuck out to me was the, uh, I think you might have said it, Coburn. I think you did. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, you know. Yeah. Uh, right. Mm -hmm. And you can, I don't have Serenity uh, Intakes Office number uh, off the top of my head, but you can Google Serenity House uh, Soldatna, Serenity House Kena. I'm sure you can Google both. Um, and you can you can call the intake office, the Serenity, you have this in the yeah, number. Okay, so you can call this number that... Uh, uh, J Jacelyn, no, I'm just kidding. Jacqueline <laughs> is gonna say. Um, their number is nine zero seven seven one four four five two one. Just call and say I I need some help. Can you read that again? Nine zero seven seven one four four five 
1-800-273-8321. Um, just call and say you want to do an intake or talk to somebody about getting some help. You can even call for someone else um, and ask what you need to do. They're super accommodating. Um, and uh, they'll even tell you how to get health insurance um, and uh, what to do because uh, that was one of my worries, like, how am I going to pay for this? Um, they help you. They can help you get Medicaid. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I'm very, very grateful. Um, I went through their program. It was, it was awesome. It was super awesome. I thought it was going to be scary and uncomfortable, and um, for the most part, it was just, um, it was just good. Yeah. I really mm -hmm. liked it actually, which is a weird thing to say about rehab, but sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. there it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the well, you can uh, you can find uh, hope and recovery at uh, Serenity House, and you know if that's if that's uh, ends up not being like the place, you know that that's still a good place to call and figure out you know what's what some of your next options might be. And uh, as Jacqueline said, for both. Uh, yourself or uh, or a loved one or somebody you might, might know um so yeah you don't have to reinvent the wheel uh this was Coburn and Pira left but uh Pira and um <laughs> we'll definitely talk about it next podcast yeah, yeah, yeah we'll talk and uh Aaron he was back today you know he was yep. gone yeah, for the last yeah, one yeah. so but he was back and then Jacqueline thank you so much yeah uh, thank you yeah, for thank having you. me for telling your story uh Another episode of You and I for the Kita. <laughs>